What if I told you it's actually tea time? Tea time. Tea time. It's tea time, baby. Tea time, baby. Tea time, yeah. It's actually the time for tea. Tea time? Well, beloved. Tea time. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yep, there we go. Okay. <laughs> tea time. Let's see. What the fuck? Sunday the 15th. It's 1225. We are in the USF library. Once again, room uh, 356. 356. Good room. Lovely room. A little dirty. A lot of paw prints on the fucking... Yeah, this room is shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot worse than the last You one. have a D's nuts just right behind you, written I, in Sharpie. And the, the D's wasn't even written right no, the first time. No, it wasn't time. the first time. Really? It goes to show you how USF education goes. <laughs> like, As someone who's going to this prestigious education yeah. system, you guys, institution. You get it right eventually, and that's what, that's what matters. Um, <laughs> so uh, why, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Jake. I'm currently in my final semester here at USF, which is how we got this awesome room. Yes. Uh, I've known Eric since junior of high school when I transferred to our high school. So I've known him for, man, it's coming up on six years now, which is kind of wild. Yeah, that's been all, yeah, a hot minute. Yeah. And then that's, we have our reunion actually this year. Do we? Yeah, five years. Can you I'll, believe that? No, yeah, that's, that's funny. 2018, dog. Man, I don't. It didn't feel like five years. No, not at all. Like I think just yesterday is when. Because I mean, we're gonna get into it talking like the whole college life. Like I didn't start college like that. Going like coming fall, mm-hmm. um, just because I, I paid my own way through college all four years, and I didn't have like enough sure. dough to start in the fall. So I was like going through my mind of how am I gonna start this. Like I got into USF for the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I looked at my bank accounts like, yeah, I could probably like scrounge up enough dough to like pay for the first semester. And then after that, it's like, what do I do? Like, oh I, shit. So like, you didn't have like prepaid, no, no. you didn't have prepaid. Well, no, I did. Or... But it's even then it's like, I, I would wanted, I wanted money like to do stuff other than just like pay for tuition. Yeah. So like I got the half bright futures, which did you get that for UCF? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I so that. I got the half, I didn't get the full, but so I got that. So my mindset was, okay, I'll just defer to the spring. And so that's why, like, like all my friends, they were wondering, like, after when we graduated, they were like, dude, where'd you go? It's like, well, I went back to Kansas City, and I did construction. Yeah, is that how it, I'm going to check the sound a little. So, like, was that, like, I mean, doing dude, that, 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 sounds... dude, that, that shit sucks. Like, I have <laughs> huge respect for the guys that do that now, mainly because the work that I was primarily doing was concrete and steel roofing. Mm-hmm. So, and... I'm originally from Kansas City, which is how the guy, my former boss, I met him. He was a good family friend. I had gone on mission trips with him to Guatemala. He does a bunch of work down there. He builds school buildings for kids up in San Lucas. He's a great guy, great family. Um, but then when I needed that, because I, I wanted to make some like decent cash, um, I called him up and was like, hey, I'm looking for a job, just something to get the ball rolling going into freshman year. He's like, yeah, come on back to Kansas City. We'll set you up. So. I get there thinking like, oh, maybe he'll set me up in his office. Like I'll like get some experience from, you know, a construction standpoint yeah. in an office uh, point of view. But then he's like, yeah, you're going to be on the concrete crew. And I'm just like, what? No mercy. No mercy. <laughs> and so first day he's like, yeah, show up to the job site 3 a.m. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's like. When do you finish? Uh, I got done. So this is summer of 2018. So I started right after graduation. So like May, I think it was like May 20th, like that week mm. um, is when I went back. And then when I started 
And then I finished around the end of September because I said like when it got closer to like November, December, I was going to come back home. So yeah, solid like well, five I mean, months. I mean, like you're no, no, no. I'm saying you wake up, you got to get there at three a.m. Oh yeah, when so you, dude, like, so I go felt to like seven p.m. or something. Like, no yeah, way. no, I literally felt like an old man that entire summer <laughs> because I would I would get my first day like I got plenty of sleep just because I you know. Yeah. went to bed early i'm like okay i'll, I'll just go to First sleep day work. Yeah, yeah, yeah really yeah, yeah. i wake up at 2 a.m and i'm just like fuck man <laughs> i am so tired like how am i gonna do this all summer so i wake up and that's like what led to like i'm drinking black coffee right now yeah. like i used to be in high school like i'd have time like i'd put shit in my coffee and then i go to school whatever now it's like i wake up at 2 a.m i gotta drive to a job site that's 45 minutes to an hour away from where i'm staying in kansas yeah. city so i just wake up put coffee on put a bagel in the toaster and it's i'm out the door are you doing like road work like is that why it's so no early? it was um it was like you know those when you see a uh, car dealership and they have like the show lots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was pouring like those slabs that they sit on. Why the fuck would, were they having you at three a.m., bro? It's Boy. because it was hot. Oh. Because in Kansas City, like it's not like here where like summers in Florida are brutal. Like mm. the humidity itself is a problem. Yeah, you can drink the air. But back home, it's like ninety-five average every day in the summer and dry. Like it's just sun belting down at you, so you no shade, no shade at all. Well, because you'd be in the middle of this dealership property, and there's there's no awnings or anything, so it's like you get to the job site, and it's like immediately it's like 3 a.m. comes, it's like all right, we got to do prep work, we got to get ready for the trucks to come in. Mm -hmm. So you're already working the minute you get there, and then you pour the concrete. It takes like on average we pour probably hundred. 150 200 yard slabs of concrete when was like a normal day what is that was a hundred like square yards like no just lengthwise for the cars because they got to fit all these cars in on there so that would take around like three to four hours so and that would start around like either four five six a.m depending on when the truck showed Mm -hmm. up but the problem is is like once it hit like seven eight Mm a.m sun's already up and it's already like 80 degrees at seven in the morning oh okay and so it's just like when you're doing that and it's like i'm a tall dude like i'm a big dude i'm Mm. i'm six seven and so like i was like the new guy on the crew and i got made fun of they called me college boy because (laughs) i was going to college like all the dudes you could imagine were on my concrete crew like there are two dudes who like went to prison like the rest were like just dudes who like yeah i've been doing construction for 30 years and it's like fuck man what did i get to the point in my life to be with you guys yeah but they were actually like all super chill guys like um and they're super hard workers too like i I have so much respect for people that do that work. Just having like seen how these guys work and like the way the company treats them too. Like it's probably not the same for every construction company, but uh, the construction company I was in like treated them all well. Like at the end of uh, the month, they do like company dinners with everybody from all like the crews, like steel, concrete, mm-hmm. roofing, uh, and they'd come together, have a dinner together, and it was nice. Like, all these guys were good friends with each other, known each other for, like, 10 years. Or even if they were new on the crew, like, like don't get me wrong. Like, I got shit on a lot. Yeah. Just because I was the kid who was going to college. Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> like, why would you want to do this? I'm like, I don't know, man. I just need the dough. So are they like, we know this sucks. Like, Oh, like yeah. No, they've been doing this entire their entire lives, basically. I mean, did it, like, like what were their hands like? Like, were these, oh, like, ca- calloused, like... And this is what I don't understand, man. Like, I was eating healthy and trying to stay in shape, mm. but just, like, 
doing that, now I understand why all of these guys are such fat fucks. <laughs> they eat like such shit. Like really? Yeah, dude. They they went to like gas station every day. Got like greasy burgers for lunch. Just because they don't have time, or like they're just like. Well, not I just think it's because they're not taking care of themselves, and they're like getting close. Like most of them are mid thirties, late forties, so they stop caring. But it's also like, I just think. I, when I was doing the work, like trying to eat healthy, like I wasn't getting enough carbs in my system. I was getting exhausted mm. extremely quickly, especially with like the heat. Yeah. And so I was wondering, like, because I went to I went to lunch with these guys one time. They go like Wendy's, Burger King, like, and they'd yeah. order like two, three burgers a piece. But it, and then I just eat it. I'm like, dude, I feel like shit. Yeah. That's... But, and so like I tried doing that for a little while, but then I had to get back on my diet. But I did. I've lost like like I came back to Florida like so. I told the company, I was like, I'm going to dip out of here at the end of September, mm-hmm. which is when it started getting cold in Kansas City. And, like, when we did concrete in the cold and it started raining, I was like, I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> it was worse than the hot. Oh, it was worse. So much worse. I'm like, give me the heat nine <laughs> times out of ten. Holy shit. So then I come back to uh, – I tell them I get my two weeks, and then I come back to Florida. Just the look on my parents' face is like, Jacob, you are a stick. I was 190 pounds. Like, that had been the first time since I dropped below 200 since high school. Like what do you walk around high like normally? Oh, like, right now I'm, like, around 230. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm also, like, a bigger dude. So, it's, like, 230 is going to look a lot different on me. than. I was going to say, yeah, I would see you being even more, like. No, I used to. So, that's what, um, if you want to segue, like, we can go to that. Like So, like, basically we'll November out. and December, okay. came back to Florida, didn't really do anything um, other than I was just, like, okay, I got I to gotta find work again. Mm. So November of so this is still yeah 2018. Um, I went to I was just looking up places that you know would accommodate a college schedule because I, I was starting in January. Mm. So I went to Lowe's mm. and uh, the dude there, the supervisor, his name was Mike, uh, super nice guy. He like asked me what my work experience was. I'm like, yeah, I've done construction. That's really about it. And then like a couple of side jobs in high school, but nothing like too crazy. Mm. He's like, okay, what are you looking for? It's like, well, you know, I start college in January. Like, if you guys can kind of accommodate around that schedule that helped me out a lot he's like yeah man we can do that so like from november to december i worked full-time 40 hours a week at lowe's Mm. in the outside lawn and garden section but i mainly worked night shifts which wasn't bad um and i just was a floor planner and i'd stock shelves and then i did some customer service stuff depending on if my shift started like like two in the afternoon if it was like from two to ten because it's i i went till closing Mm. so if I was there early. There'd be like some customer service stuff I would do, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's like November, like November, December coming up, like the holidays. That was probably the only like good time to work at Lowe's because of the Christmas trees. What did we get? Like, this? dude, tips. Really? Yeah, for loading those stupid trees on yeah. people's cars. I made like eight hundred dollars in tips in oh, December. Holy shit, dude, okay. it was great. Actually, I have a funny story about this. And. One of the guys I worked with, his name's Joe. He's not there anymore, thank God. Because like, we, that's the only thing you notice is like those kind of jobs, people talking about leaving these jobs. Mm. So we get to Christmas, and we're just loading up these trees. This one lady who had been there before, uh, she's like 55, 60 years old. I don't know. She comes up to me, and she goes like, hey, could you help me load this Christmas tree? And I'm like, yeah, sure, that's fine. And she bought like one of the like normal eight-footers, so I got it up there by myself. And she's like... This woman, she's, like, so grateful. She's like, oh, thank you so much, sweetie. Like, she's basically, I mean, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, okay. They're like, stop, mm-hmm. but, like, don't stop. Like, come yeah, on, yeah. come on. <laughs> um, 
and the she just goes like you know i wish i had a man like you around the house and i just look at her like what <laughs> like i'd never had this happen before to me like uh, just this like cougar like try she like she's dude she's kind of bad i'm not gonna lie she had some nice like big fake titties so (laughs) it was kind of i was like kind of like okay yeah Yeah, and she just like she's like here you go this woman gave me 80 dollars as a tip and i'm like man this is way too much she's like no no no, you deserved it i'm like all i did was take a fucking train and put it on your car (laughs) (laughs) but that was like that was the biggest tip i got but holy shit yeah oh my god that that day was so funny and i told like all the dudes who were like working there that night with me about it they're like jake what the fuck man You got so you had the riz from like day one. They just like I don't, they just come like back to unexpected you. riz, dude. Like none of the younger like chicks like said that it was just this fucking cougar. She knows what she wants. Oh she yeah, knows she knows what she was doing. <laughs> no, I was just happy for the eighty dollars. I mean, I was making. I think when I started there, twelve bucks an hour. So it's like nothing crazy. How much was it at the construction company? Uh seventeen. Okay, I mean, which is shit. Yeah, that's a little better, but dude, it was it was ten hours of just hard physical manual labor for seventeen dollars an hour. So were they like like I know you're saying they're like good guys and like but like you said some of them have gone to prison. Oh yeah, dude. But here's the thing: like they said it once and you never talk about it again. Yeah, you can see in their eyes like they don't want to talk. They're like shut up. Yeah, like shut up, man. So I mean, did you? Because because I've always heard like rumors, but like I've never talked to somebody on the inside of construction, like. It is drug use like a big thing there? Like not in the construction company I was in. Um, really, the only thing those guys did was chain smoke cigarettes, which is pretty. Okay. That's pretty common. That's I mean, I'm sure there were guys that probably did stuff outside of the job site, mm-hmm. but uh, this this company was pretty strict on like you're on the job site, you're there to work, you're not there to do any drugs, smoke weed, or. Well, I've always heard like meth is like a big thing in like construction. It probably is, like but that. not. In, not in this company, um, okay, okay. just because I think of how well they treat their workers. And then I looked mm-hmm. at, like, their benefits. Their benefits are pretty good. Okay. So probably, like, I'm sure there are construction companies that, like, probably treat their employees like shit. Mm-hmm. And so they're probably more inclined to do that kind of stuff. I just figure if you got to get up at, like, the fucking crack of dawn, even before the crack of dawn, like, way before, and you're working your body, like, working it to the bone. Right. Like, See, yeah, that's, that's why I go back that. It shocked me because, like, they do all this like and it's like every day for like the first probably month like my body was just screaming mm. like every like you work like when i was doing the concrete work you were working every part of your body were you like getting like you said you were getting skinny but like at least like bulk like get oh no i was getting like, cut like yeah like i was getting muscle definition because of it but like it wasn't like in shape muscle it was just because of like that hard physical labor it's like like a farmer strength really yeah it was basically a farmer strength i did get good grip strength because of it It was kind of ridiculous okay i mean that's but it's not that's not no, the just not go to the, the gym move. just go to the gym <laughs> no don't go do don't do hard physical labor unless you have to i mean some of those guys are like in shitty situations where they got arrested or they did something they weren't supposed to mm-hmm um but it's like good to see like they're tr- at least trying like they some of them got families like they're mm-hmm. putting in the effort to at least you know try to take care of them and do what they can with yeah. the situation that they put themselves in so that part you can kind of respect yeah i mean fuck that kind of work and doing that for a career like yeah i would never well, like my do that. my supervisor his uh, name's jimmy super like i went to guatemala with him like i knew him before i even like worked for the company because i went on that mission uh where I went to two mission trips with him. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I went actually back to Guatemala while I was working mm-hmm. in the companies. He paid for me to go, which was awesome. So, but I met Jimmy, my supervisor, 
on when I was 16 when I went for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so basically when I showed up for the first day at work, he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> but yeah, he's a super chill dude. He's got uh, a wife and like two daughters and something like that. Yeah. But he's been doing construction like all of his life. But yeah, they're super down to earth guys. Super chill. I mean, they seem like like those are like Americans. Like oh, hardworking, yeah, like, you know. But it's like they're doing, I mean, they're doing that because I mean they, they, they got to do it. Yeah. yeah. So it's like nobody d- wants to do that. Like, yeah. Really. Oh, I'm I'm a proud construction worker. It's like fuck. I gotta yeah. be a construction. Well, I'm sure like the guys who are like higher ups or at least like work in the office who actually make good money because like those dudes do make like stupid money. Mm-hmm. Like the guy who owns uh, Strickland Construction, I'm sure like his he's making you know upwards of I have to guess probably forty or fifty million a year. So in like am or you're saying the company? No, the company. Okay. So it's like a $50 million company. Because so. I mean, oh, did you see like a lot of people say construction, like there's a lot of like boondoggling, a lot of like money gets lost. Do you know what I mean? Like, did yeah, you see I've any seen of that? that. No, no. Um, like is there a lot of waste in, in it or like? No, just because uh, the guy who owns it, he started the business just from the ground up. So he he's done all the work that I had done or other crews are doing like by himself, like even before he had people working for him, it was him and like, I guess his original like business partners, like they all were construction workers. And so he just had the idea. He's like, what if we do, because um, what they specialize in is uh, storage units. Mm-hmm. He's like, what if we build these lots and these storage units and just contract people and they buy it off of us? He had that idea. It took off, mm-hmm. and it's been pretty good for him ever since. Okay, shit. But see, you've worked like the shitty jobs. Yeah, I've been like, like in the shitty dues. jobs, and like we can go through it. Like if we're gonna go through like the entire like what we've done through college, mm-hmm. like I've I've done the shitty jobs. So it's like, what's the worst job you've ever had? Oh, definitely the construction job. Oh, really? Just because of the work itself. You rather work at like Wendy's? Any day oh yeah, dude. Because like, at least you get air conditioned. Yeah. Like air conditioning, like I didn't realize how much I missed air conditioning each day until I got back home, because I, I you'd come home just drenched in sweat, and it was the worst thing ever. Like I washed my clothes probably t- like I did a little laundry every day, oh, just because I had to take my clothes off because they were so bad, oh. and then there'd be stuff like concrete be, get stuck on them, like so. Oh man, that was a that was a hell of a summer, okay. and I was by myself too, which was like yeah. stupid because all my friends are back in Florida. Uh-huh. So, so, I mean, like, but you, did you even have the energy to do anything after? Like, you just come home from work no, and go to So, bed? like, the shifts would normally end around, usually it'd be, like, three or four in the afternoon. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so they were long shifts. And, um, yeah, it's, like, what, 12 hours? Yeah, no. And then you could, there were guys that stayed longer to do work to earn overtime, which, but, no, I'd get home, man, and it's, like, I'd cook dinner at, like, five o'clock or four o'clock and i just remember like every day i'm like what the fuck like i feel so <laughs> old i'm cook i'm an 18 19 year old kid turning 19 this year yeah. who's just like why am i cooking dinner at four o'clock you can make the early bird special at all the really dude <laughs> and then we get to the weekends and i just be too tired to do anything I mean, did you have people like you could go out? Yeah, and, I had like, some. I had some old buddies who like I caught up, and then I've still got some close family friends that are back home that I've I kept in touch with for a little while while I was there, but uh, not really anymore. I mean, I've been in Florida now; it's coming up on seven years. I mean, since okay. 2016 is when I moved here. Okay, so this is your domain now. That's oh yeah, dude, I ain't moving back there. No, no, are you <laughs> kidding Kansas. me, dude? Fuck Kansas City. Well, like I I did the. I lived in Kansas. There's two Kansas cities, which is how retarded that place is. Yeah. <laughs> so there's Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri. I was born on the Missouri side, lived there for 
I think six or seven years. And then we moved over like once um, my dad's company finally took off, mm-hmm. we moved to the Kansas City, Kansas side, which was the nicer side. Oh, because yeah, I thought the bigger side was the Missouri side. It be. is the bigger side, but it's also like super sketch. Okay, okay. So like we grew up like I grew up, there's a street, it's called Troost. And I grew up like right down the road from that street. And mm-hmm. it's like where most of the homicides and kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like there is a liquor store on our street growing up. Like, you know, you're in a shitty spot with like yeah. the, the liquor stores got bars all over the windows <laughs> and they closed, they're closed on a Sunday. It's like, Holy shit. Okay. So yeah. So no. you got out of Dodge. Now you're here in yeah. the lovely land of, of Florida. Yeah. So so you did you paid your dues. You, I you paid suffered. my dues. You worked at Lowe's and then now freshman year of college. Cause right. Because you, you are yeah like you said your ramp up was slow. Yeah, like, ramp up. So like I knew I was starting late, so I had to catch up at least if I wanted to try to graduate on time. Which this is just any college kid that's listening. To this right now or about to go into college if they come across this don't be in a hurry to graduate that's like really the dumbest like mindset you can put yourself in going to college you probably like realize that too it's, i mean yes and no like especially no like especially with covid which we'll talk about that oh when we get to there yeah, like that. when i like with covid happening but i was stuck in the mindset like oh i need to get out like three and a half years four years i got to get a job got to do all this stuff mm-hmm. and not just like enjoy the time i'm there yeah. So like we'll go and roll into freshman year. So freshman year rolls around it's January of 2019. I go to orientation. Orientation here sucked. Mm. Like I didn't learn a single thing in orientation. It was basically a waste of 4 hours of my life. Didn't they teach you like the cheers and the the bullshit they had like I mean, dude, all they did was I showed up at like I think it was like 8 or 9 in the morning. Mm. They separated us into groups and they're like all right yeah just get a tour of campus which i've already toured the campus like i know where stuff is yeah but they wouldn't let you at back then at least they wouldn't let you sign up for your classes except at orientation yeah which was stupid and i was like what the hell is this so i met this guy um who actually introduced me to the fraternity that i rushed the following fall Mm -hmm. which we'll get into that um once we segue to uh sophomore year but so freshman year, um, yeah, man, it was just, I had this mindset. It's like, okay, I just need to study work because I was still working at Lowe's at the time. Uh, so you're a good boy. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to be a good boy. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm paying my own way, paying for my own college. Uh, uh, need, wanted Doe to, like, do stuff on the weekends. Did that make you, like, care more about the classes? Oh, yeah, 100%, dude. Like, you don't realize it until you're actually paying your own bills like how much more effort you want to put into it when it's your own money Mm -hmm. because when it's somebody else's like you don't care it's It's like oh it's okay it's free and i'm not saying that's like everybody's mentality but it's like there's something about it when you know you're writing the checks and Mm -hmm. it forces you to wake up every day and actually come to class and want to do well which i did i finished my freshman year with a a 3.7 gpa and i was in pre-engineering so like i'm already setting myself up pretty well to get into the engineering school because mm-hmm. i wanted to do computer engineering at the time and you needed a three i think a three four average to get in at least accepted into the college mm-hmm. so i'm like okay i'm good i'm setting up myself for success yeah. like this is great but like and then i took summer classes too to try to catch up because i was yeah. behind did that did well in those um, went to rome that summer too which was awesome Ooh. yeah it'll like dude, the vatican and stuff yeah like- dude I cried at the Vatican. Yeah. Saw the Vatican, just the sheer like side of it. Cried like a baby. I've been wanting to go. Like it just seems like just so like that is just beauty. Like like it's you, so you know, nice. I, you can't. Compare. I mean, the city itself is shit, 
like don't get me wrong like the city itself is just run down it's like it's old i mean it's an entire economy ran on agritourism so it's mm. like that's where all their money's coming in from okay but it was so funny because like i go to this cafe on the corner and we went like me and my family went there every day and this dude is like from romania Mm. and we're just like we noticed that going from like restaurant to, to shops we're like where the fuck are the italians <laughs> and so we asked this guy who's serving us we're like like we got a question for you like why is it that like we don't see any italians like working right now he's like italians are very lazy <laughs> very lazy they don't like to work and we're like really he's like and he just goes on like this whole explanation of how like yeah there's a bunch of like immigrants from all across europe that have moved here mm. and most of the people that work in like the restaurant industry or like any shops uh in the commercial districts like they're just from all over but mm. just not from italy yeah and that was just so wild <laughs> i mean that's what i've heard like it, it, not just italy but it seems like a lot of european countries they're like we'll get there when we get there kind of work style like that's why i've heard like ferraris and lamborghinis especially older ones are like such shitty build quality because they're just like yeah fuck it like put it together and like go on lunch break like we're going to have wine at lunch yeah, you know really. they're coming back a little buzz like eh, that's yeah that's good enough well because like i mean i'm a six seven white dude going to italy so like i i, I drew mean, a lot of heads like walking down the street and it yeah. was funny um so I actually were with your family yeah so like i went walking yeah i went walking uh for a little around town by myself one time and there's this group of girls that came up and approached me and so i was i was just they spoke like very broken english i was just trying to like have fun with it mm. and then i even asked them so like it's like do you guys like like italian men or you guys like uh like american men better like all american 100 <laughs> percent. like why are you like you guys are cleaner i'm like that's an actual <laughs> thing i'm like no way so i guess italian well they're also like apparently like and i don't know how true this is this is what they were saying it's like the italian men there like they treat women like they don't treat women very well yeah so like they they call them, like the women there call them pigs and like all these names and everything so i don't know how like true that is for everybody there but at least the ones that came up to me and talked to it a little about yeah. it seems like they probably had a run in with Italians them. are dirty and sexist. You heard it here first. Yeah, really, and I got Ita- I'm Italian descent too. Like I'm, I mean, I'm mostly Irish American, but mm. like my mom, her last name is Ceviche, mm. so it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. really. Okay, fine. But um, okay, so Italy, it's full of immigrants. It seems like they got the same shit that we got going over here. Like all the jobs nobody wants to do. You yeah, have that's it, it. Basically, was it's like it was America without you know just capitalism. <laughs> I mean, was it like it seems like a very like you say it was run down, but it was like shit. At least well, nice no, it's like it like, was yeah. it was run down in the sense that like it's not very it's not modernized at all. At least mm-hmm. Rome, anyway. It's like it was kept the same, and I, I get why they did that because a lot of the his, like the historic parts of the city. Yeah, so sense. like uh, like the Vatican, I went to the Colosseum. Colosseum was beautiful, and mm-hmm. it's just like seeing that it like put into perspective like that man could build that. I mean. Yeah. Thousands and thousands upon slaves died building yeah, it. But yeah. it's like the fact that they could build that in that time period and as quickly as they did it is yeah. just unreal. No, I felt the same because I, I went to uh, see the Taj Mahal. Okay. And I was looking, I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. wow. Like, we did like, that? Like, the architecture there and, like, it's better quality than some of the shit now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, no, even the roads over there, man. They were like, because um, my dad always told me, it, was like, it took, like, 40,000 slaves to build it. And once they finished, they cut all their hands off so they yeah. could never build one again it's like holy fuck like that's crazy <laughs> i'm gonna have the biggest best t- 
tomb, and then nobody else can have one. Right. And like apparently his the guy who made it, his dad was trying to make one, and he had his dad like killed or some shit. He's like, no, 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 you don't get to make one of those buildings. Like this is all me. This is my thing. Yeah. Wait. Um, so then, do you know the story of like you know that like big like uh, house they're building right by Bush Gardens, right? Is it like, like the, the Patel? Taj, yeah, or the Patel or something. That big yeah. like Taj Mahal like looking thing. That's like for some Middle Eastern doctor. Yeah, they've been building that thing for like ten years or something. That's what I've heard. I've heard he tried to get it as like a religious site so he could get a tax break on it or some shit. Like I thought he was just building it for a house. I'm like, damn, this dude's I, got like Saudi Arabia, yeah. like Saudi Arabian oil exec money. I don't like how many patients do you have to see to be able to fucking. You gotta have, like, apparently he's like a big name doctor. Yeah. I don't know who he is. I just know because like going here, like they're still building it. <laughs> like and then when I moved here in 2016, they were still building. It. I wonder where he lives right now. You think he lives like probably like in, probably in Dubai? Yeah, if I had to guess. He's just like yeah, fuck. That's it, like where all the money is now is in Dubai. I heard that's like they're like they're trying to get it to be like a tourist place because like one, they're like yeah the oil's gonna run out so like that's why they have all their they have like the hub of Air Emirates there. It's like so we want to get as many people there just to visit, do touristy shit, and then like leave. And it's like everybody's like oh yeah, like because Indians, all my Indian friends are like oh yeah, I want to go to Dubai. Like Dubai is like our Hawaii or like Italy, or whatever. Like, Dude, oh, Dubai looks yeah. popping. The nightlife there looks sick. I mean, yeah, and it's crazy because it's a Muslim country, so it's like drinking's not legal. Yeah, except like for I'm, Westerners. Yeah, really, but like they make a fuck ton of money because of it. Oh yeah, I mean, I plus the what like the amount of oil money out there, like oh, it's stupid. You got like Live Golf now taking all the Dude, PGA. Bros. Yeah, they're just like we just buy them. That's like they're yeah, not like, better. We just buy. They just buy you. <laughs> but um. But anyway, okay, okay. So you you go to Italy after what, like um, freshman first semester, freshman year? Like yeah, summer? so that was in the summer, um, and then I was just taking I was taking classes right before that, and then I actually I was taking because I don't know what happened when I got here. They made me retake Calc one. And I took oh, Calc 1 in high school. Yeah. And I was really upset. Did you have, like, a math placement exam or something like that? They tried to get me to take it, but I missed the deadline for it. So okay. I just I took pre-calc my first semester and then got an 100 in that class. And then I segued into Calc 1 in the summer. And it was right dab in the middle of when I was supposed to go to Italy. Like, at least the last oh. two weeks of the class. And so I was talking to this professor. I had, like, an A at the time. And I'm like, is there any way I could take the final two weeks early and he just looked at me like i was an idiot he's like what do you mean i was like well i'm going to italy like for two weeks like i'm not gonna be here yeah. and he's like well you could try and <laughs> and it's i'm like, like there's no way you'll pass he's like there's like, no way i'll pass i took it i got a b minus and then i ended up like i started with an a and then it dropped down like a b plus so oh, yeah. i was fine with it yeah like fuck you yeah yeah so to italy that was like the most stressful part of like that was trying to take that two weeks because like there were quizzes and stuff i missed yeah. because i was in italy and so that also dropped my grade but okay. i still passed i mean yeah plus with a b too yeah, like with a b, i was totally fine of, with that plenty of padding so then segue into sophomore year um so i think i had like the mindset of going in looking back on freshman year it's like i didn't have a social life not really. All I was doing was coming to school, going to the gym. I got absolutely yoked out of my mind my freshman year. Like, I was 6'7", 265. Like, oh. all I did was just study, work out, and work. That was just, it. Like, living in the mountains. Grinding. Like, really, that like, was it. But then, like, I come to sophomore year, and I'm thinking, like, wow. Like, I have no friends. Mm. But, like, I'm doing well. Like, I've met people in classes. Like, I talk to them. They'd be acquaintances, like, just for that semester. And it, it just it wasn't the same so i'm like i need to do something about it so like 
like in pop my mind i'm like what if i do greek life and like i thought about that like the first two weeks of college and so then i'm in the gym one day and this is how stupid of me going into greek life was the guy who was in my orientation class that i said i i met comes up to me in the gym and he's like he's like jake is that you i'm like hey what's going on man and he's like, man, how you doing? He's like, damn, dude, you're looking big. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I really haven't any, anything to do except just study and go to the gym. He's like, you ever thought about Russian Greek life? I'm like, oh, yeah, Rush is in a week. So I'm like, you know, what? I've, I've thought about it a little bit. And he's like, yeah, why don't you come out, check out the Fidel house, like come see how it is and see if you like it. I'm like, yeah, maybe I will. Because I was like between, I already thought about going to look at them and then Pike also. Mm-hmm. So I go and look at it and then, I like look more into the Greek life here, what it's about, and Fidel was the only one who had a house off campus, so like I'm already sold at that point. <laughs> just like, is it, is it the restrictions for the on campus? Dude, houses? it's just Greek life here. They have like their Greek village, which is like down uh, the road from the library here a little bit, but it's like it's on campus, so there's there's a lot of restrictions that they have to deal with, and I didn't want to have to, you know. Is that abnormal? Like, I've always wondered, because I saw they had some on UCF's campus, so I was like, oh, okay, like, this is normal. Like, yeah, you put the houses on campus, but then, yeah, the restrictions of it. Yeah, you got to deal with IFC a lot more and the university. Like, they'll always be watching you because you are on their property. Mm -hmm. So when I looked at it that way, like, this is a commuter school, so I didn't really want to just come back onto campus for Greek life. So I rushed fidel in fall of 2019 which that was it was just wild i see like because i did russian for a little bit that's like an extra class like, yeah man like the work. people that they, they'll sell you on it's like oh you can keep up with your grades you can't keep up with your grades <laughs> not at all dude that was the worst semester i ever had at usf like it was so bad like trying to be an engineering student and then yeah. rushing a fraternity i mean was it just like get up in the middle of the night like we gotta go or like I'm, i can't I go mean, can into you, yeah you can't tell i can't go into all the details just because um mainly just because of everything that revolves around like the like fraternity stuff and all this like stuff in the news yeah. but no nah, there'd be stuff like we'd have to get up in the middle of the night do some dumb shit or like <laughs> but like- it was mostly dude it's mostly the partying mm. like there's it, it was this was pre-covid like they were trying to like their whole vision our semester was to try to get as many like good looking guys in as possible mm-hmm. and like i'm not like super good looking but like i'm at least a decent looking dude yeah. so i slid by which you know i'll take it yeah yeah bro. <laughs> so but then like it was just party after party after party that semester tailgates were popping like i didn't get to go to too many tailgates which sucked because i was working um but yeah man just rushing it it just took so much out of me and then like once it was all over like when you get in you're like thank god i don't have to do this ever again like it was fun like it's one of those things like it was super fun when it happened but like once it's done it's like i'm never doing this shit ever again it was described to me as like the most fun you'll never want to have again yep yeah that's that's everybody that does greek life no matter like who you rush like it's all the same yeah but so like i mean like how often do you do party because like so as a pledge you have no idea what the budget actually looks like for the fraternity you don't really know anything you just know that like it could come in any given week that you're gonna be dropped or like it's just you don't know when it's gonna end yeah um you think it's gonna go on the entire semester maybe another semester like they feed you so much bullshit Mm -hmm. um so like we were just at the whim of all these other dudes like what we were doing or what we could do um and they're fucking with you and they're fucking with (laughs) us during it so it's like like we don't know what's going on um but it was just 
it was super stressful i mean like just the constant like on your mind like you can't fuck up you can't do this stuff otherwise they're just gonna drop you you have to be nice to girls all all the time it doesn't matter who they are it doesn't matter if they're affiliated or not Mm -hmm. like you if they're dicks to you it doesn't matter because they had been going through a phase um when we were rushing where their reputation was not fantastic Mm-hmm. Um, at least with sorority life because they had gotten into some stuff, I guess, the previous spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really remember what it was. I just remember when they told us afterwards, they were like, yeah, we're just trying to get relations back, which they have. Mm-hmm. And I think they're, they've done a great job ever since I've rushed. And I think they're I, – I still think they're considered – and being there, I'm not trying to be biased, but I think they have now the best relations with everybody, mm-hmm. which is good because that's not how it always was, I guess. I mean, they're like – at least at UCF, they were considered like a top-tier Fido. fraternity. Yeah, yeah. we'll segue into me going up there and meeting those fucks when we get there. <laughs> okay, okay. But, um, but then, yeah, like I – I had almost gotten dropped a couple of times, mainly because um, this was the semester when I found out, like, besides the stress of school and then stress of rushing, and then on top of that, like, I find out my mom has breast cancer. And so that bomb gets dropped onto me in the middle of rushing. Yeah. So, like, that was just a terrible thing to happen, especially while I was doing that, because I'm surrounded by, one, all these dudes that I barely know mm-hmm. and I don't really have a support system to talk to. Yeah. Cause like, I'm not super close friends with like anybody right now other than like the kids I'm rushing with. Yeah. And even then, like I don't trust them enough with like this kind of information. No, to yeah, talk. That's, no. that's heavy. So real shit. like, this is when like the segue of my problems with drinking started. Mm. And basically when I got that bomb dropped on me, like all the parties that I went to afterwards, like, like I'd put on a front for everybody. Like everything was okay. Yeah. Like nothing's going on at home. Just trying to do what I need to do. But like, I would get belligerently drunk. Like I oh, would like, cause I was just, I was drinking cause I, I couldn't talk about this with anybody and yeah. like going to see my mom while this was happening. Cause she's, she's not young. She's up there in the age range now. And especially this was three years ago now when it happened. So like seeing her, like when she started chemo and like started taking all these pills, like, she was just slowing down. Like, she didn't feel good at all. So, like, I, at this point, like, I just don't care about this stupid fucking fraternity anymore. It's I, like, I just want to make sure my mom's okay. You're watching your mom die and in so, front of you. That's yeah, insane. really. It was stupid. So, like, we get to the point, and this is, like, around, I want to say, like, October-ish. And we're still, dur- we're still doing our process. And so we get to a point where I had, like kept fuck like i kept fucking up doing stupid shit like mm-hmm. on a daily basis now just because i didn't i didn't really care mm-hmm. and i was about i was about to talk to my pledge master at the time like dude i can't do this anymore mm-hmm. like i'm just mentally drained i'm worried about stuff going on at home uh this one this one guy who i'm super grateful that he did this at the time because he kind of helped me he kind of directed me back on a right path for a little while um he can't he pulled me aside and his mom had gone through the same thing when he was rushing she got breast cancer um she wasn't she got very very sick wasn't doing well um and then like that was the moment like i didn't realize like how bad like it was affecting me and i just broke down entirely in front of this dude i didn't even know because like i had i hadn't talked to anybody about this at at this point other than like people that i knew that were close to me so like people from jesuit that we know i mean did he know like how did you so i had told like i told my pledge master there was something up like with home and like i didn't say what it was and i was like yeah i'm just i'm 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 tired man like i can't do this anymore and so then like this guy was like considered i guess like the big brother of the fraternity like he'd always like pick guys up he was super nice and so he talks with me about it and then i just open up to him and tell him what's going on 
and I just completely, completely break down in front of this guy. And so, like, he encouraged me to just finish it out. He's like, you're almost done. So I did that, get through it. Um, and I was happy for a little while, but, like, my mom still had, you know, breast cancer and yeah. it was still happening. So it's like, you know, this sucks. Yeah. So I was still, like, I fell back into a routine of, like, yeah, now I have time for classes and everything, but, like, I'm still going to parties and everything. Like, I didn't tell anybody what was going on, like, how she was doing, and then, like, just kept drinking. And that was, like, it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And that was basically all of uh, first half of sophomore year because, like, I was still considered a freshman coming into fall Mm -hmm. because I was, like, two credits off. Yeah. And it was stupid. So then, I like, mean, second... Did make a difference or anything? Like, it was just... Not really. Or... I mean, I was supposed to graduate last semester, but, like, they didn't have the classes I needed, so I got stuck with this Uh-oh. semester, which it is what it is. Okay, okay. And so then we get into, like, second part of sophomore uh, year. I really wasn't too... Like, I was active, but I didn't really do anything uh, in the fraternity other than, like, maybe show up to, like, most of the parties. Um, I wasn't too involved just because of what was going on with my mom. Mm-hmm. And then, but then after that, I got roped into joining the exec board. And so I was the housing chair for a little while. And um, we did a good job. I had most of my PBs on the exec board that summer and then through that year. Um, was a P- oh, Pledge Brother. Yeah, Pledge Brother. So we got a lot of the house. Like, my goal was, like, get the house renovated because it was run down. That place was built, like, back in the 60s. Oh, um, and along with the apartments. So the apartments were getting run down. So my goal was at least try to fix them up, which I did. And um, they look they look pretty good now. Yeah, I figure like dudes don't really take care of the no. House. And the alumni <laughs> the alumni system is just it's not great. I mean, just like like the brothers. Like I remember the the house that I went to because I uh, I was with Fiji and you know in UCF and like that house was disgusting. Like, yeah, they had fucking they had one like picture like screwed into the ceiling and mm-hmm. they're like yeah because there's a hole in the ceiling i was like what the like fix the fucking hole you yeah. like i mean it was funny it was like, yeah no that's disgusting when they put me on as housing chair i made that like apparent like we had to like start cleaning this place up a little bit and treating it with a little more respect because the guys i was dealing with were past alumni who were on the housing board and these were the guys that were giving us the money to at least do these renovations and stuff and they weren't going to give it to us if we we're going to keep treating it like shit. Yeah. So we got it cleaned up. Um, it looks better now. They're probably still doing other stuff with it. I don't know. I haven't been active in two years. Um, but, yeah, it was it was fun being on exec board. So if anybody is thinking about doing Greek life, um, I definitely recommend it, at least from a social aspect for it. Um it seems like you have responsibility too on exec. Yeah, if, like if you do, if you want to do exec, you'll have just other problems to deal with. But it's it depends what position you take. Like mine was a little bit more stressful than probably some other positions, like uh, like chaplain or something. Like so they didn't really have to do much except just show up to chapter and make sure people are like up to date on so ritual. Going to church. Often. Yeah, really. <laughs> but um, yeah, we got a lot done, which was nice, and then. Basically, this was like coming, and that's when we went up to uh, UCF, mm. which that was a trip. That would like so. So we did we did an exec retreat, and one of them we found an Airbnb right outside of UCF because we had uh, our president at the time called like UCF Fidel and was like, "Hey, we're coming up. Uh, what's any good like clubs that we can go to? Like get a good table, some bottle service, and like." And it was. Uh, I forget the name of the club, but it's you've been there. It starts with a G. Oh, Guilt. Guilt. Yeah. So we went to Guilt, 
and we show up this place is dead there is nobody here yeah and we like walk in it's a sea of dudes and we're just like what the fuck are we doing here so we go up to the table the only hot girls there are the bottle girls it's like we can't spit game to them because yeah. they're just giving us the bottles we have these like five six seven just beat bitches come up on the table start <laughs> drinking our alcohol and i'm like dude what is going on like this sucks and so the saving grace of that trip was the president at the time comes he's like jake come to the bathroom with me i'm like what and he just he just whips out his bag <laughs> and he's like i got this from somebody i'm like what is it and he's like dude we're gonna have a good time <laughs> and this you had never had an experience no i had never i'd never done anything like that before and so we did it and then dude i was just wired the entire night you're like this is great this, this is, is great like i don't even care that like it's a sea of dudes here like i'm here to have fun now like i started belting back drinks like we're all having a good time dude everybody did it yeah we were all just off the wire <laughs> oh it seems so, like did the did, did it last a long time oh yeah like what was like, oh yeah we did we did one little bump and it was like it was they was all she wrote set, set for the night set for the night dude holy shit so we get to the end and this was so funny so we go down to the to the bartenders down at like the main level and they were ucf fight delts mm -hmm. and he's like oh yeah man how's it going like yada 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 whatever brother in the bomb now all this bullshit <laughs> and he's like yeah i got you he says i got you guys on drinks and so anybody who's normal takes that as like okay this dude's got this uh, the hookup whether that's like a discount or free free drinks yeah yeah like we're good the rest of the night he's at least gonna help you he's yeah. at least gonna help us out so the first thing we do is we get shots for like i think there were like 15 or 20 of us there mm -hmm. which is already like at a, any club that's a check yeah that's that racks yeah. up pretty fast so he's like he gives he's like i got you guys don't worry about it so we all do the shot like it's nothing mm -hmm. and then as we're coming out so it's like 2 2 a.m maybe like 1 2 a.m like when we're leaving mm -hmm. and he's like hey you guys gotta pay your bill and we all look at this dude like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like you, yeah. and he's like, you got to pay for those 20 shots I just gave you. And you're like, dude, you said you got us. Like, yeah. we're not paying for these. And so he's like, no, you're going to pay for them. We just left. <laughs> they weren't like, we're going to call the cops. No, like, we yeah, just left, shit. dude. Like, no, you said you got us. Like, deal with it. Had and you guys it, driven up or like, did you take the buses? No, we Ubered, like, man. Oh, and this like segued into the more fuck shit we did. Um, we went... <laughs> For some reason, I don't know whose mind it went through, but they're like, let's go to a strip club. <laughs> I so, mean, yeah. You, you, so we're like, yeah, up, we're man. all down. Yeah. Let's go to a strip club. So we go to this just absolutely stank-ass parking lot that looks <laughs> like it's in, it's a it's a church. It's an right. actual church. And so I'm looking on the maps. I'm like, this isn't right. This is a church. And then we're all thinking, like, there's no way. Mm. And so we walk up to the back. Like, there's a guy outside. We're like, hey, is this a strip club? He goes like, yeah. I'm like what the fuck <laughs> and so we walk in and it's the most ghetto ass fucking strip club i have ever seen i mean have you been to many i've never been to a club before. i've been to like like have you been to the odyssey okay it's like the odyssey but like 10 times worse mm. so we walk in there's the first thing we see is a stripper that's pregnant oh fuck yeah that's oh my and god i'm just like what are we getting into on like a saturday night like yeah, what, that's the good crowd i need to see the bad crowd. oh my god what's, dude. what's the wednesday morning crowd look like and so we, we walk in and there were i think two or three guys with us who are like just turned 18 so like and yeah. they're not 21 so like they're not letting they're or no they were i don't know they weren't letting them in for some reason 
And so this guy, we're, we're just like, come on, we're going to spend good money. Like, I was talking about, we're going to spend good money here. We didn't spend any fucking good money. Like, we, we, no, none of us paid for girls. Are you kidding me? So we all go in, and we are just absolute assholes to these people. We literally, I went up, I bought, I got one drink from the bartender because the drinks were stupid expensive like I, it was like twelve dollars for like a, a whiskey sour and i'm like i'm not doing this and so me and my buddy we walk up i buy him a drink because he's i think 19 at the time and so he goes this random like dude who looks like he's absolutely coked out and just doesn't know what's going on comes up to me and my buddy and goes like he goes like hey you guys want to know something and we're like sure man he's like you see that girl over there and it's probably the hottest stripper in the club she's like she wants you to get a dance with one of you two and so i'm thinking it's like yeah strippers don't really do it to me i slap my buddy on the back i'm like get in there champ (laughs) and he's in there he's gone for like 30 minutes i'm like what the fuck is happening and so he comes back he's like jake you fucked up i'm like what do you mean he's like i got a free lap dance i'm like oh (laughs) i'm just like no way dude he's like she didn't make you pay she's like no like you just missed out i'm like dude why the fuck would she do that i don't know i guess she just liked us but like i wasn't like about that so i'm like dude like he's in like a 19 year old kid i'm like have at it yeah yeah like i was recently like turned 21 at that point so you're a grown-up yeah well yeah (laughs) i drink so it's like who cares but yeah and then that segued into uh, the fall getting into junior year and that's like when it really started getting bad like just my mom's condition wasn't getting any better mm-hmm. like she was still like it wasn't getting worse but like she was still like on chemo she was on pills and stuff like that to help with her condition mm-hmm. and so that's what segued into me just like absolutely falling apart and like because i think it was right before covid hit like everything was called back mm-hmm. um she got her fine she got like one of her first scans of the year so this is like february like beginning of february of 2020 mm-hmm. so end of sophomore year basically um gets the scan says like we can't find any cancer which is awesome yeah so they're like we're gonna run some more tests we'll see how it goes and so like i'm super relieved at this point but i had already gotten into this bad habit of drinking because of it or was this 2021 this might have been 2021 so it's yeah, because COVID what? COVID hit? 2020 March. Twenty Okay, 2020 March. Okay, so yeah, this was... Yeah, this was 2021 then. Because you said, wait, when did you go to find out? That was like 2019 That was or 2020, fall really? of 19. Fall of 19, okay. And then, yeah, spring of 20, COVID hits. Everything shuts down. Did that ruin Greek life? Like, was that... Was that- it did at the time it happened, um, which was really, really weird. Um like the minute it all got shut down, it was kind of a just damper in everybody's mood because yeah. we couldn't do anything. And I mean, of you cor- couldn't have parties like it's your house. Well, no, because USF and probably UCF was the same. Everything just completely went online. Yeah. So they set, sent everybody home, and it's like people were going back, and they dealt with that entire. What was it? Florida was closed for about three to four months, mm-hmm. and of just there was nothing to do. And so then, like, I got to my most like degenerate phase that coming fall. Because, like, USF, and it was probably the same with UCF, like, everything's still closed. Like, at yeah. least on campus. All and classes were online. Yeah, still, and, they're, yeah. and they're not letting anybody do anything. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we get to that fall, and my buddy is living at the Fidel house. And he's like, Jake, I gotta tell you, I got something awesome coming. I'm like, what do you mean? His dad just gave him this tub of alcohol. Like, an actual, like, container of just 
a bunch fall, of ton of, just a bunch of bottles. He's like, dude, silly week's going to be crazy. <laughs> and it was like, I was living uh, at my folks' house and paying them rent while going to school. Mm. And so I spent the entire first week of syllabus week on their couch and I got <laughs> hammered every single day, just oh, absolutely shit. obliterated. And that was the most degenerate, like, semester i've ever had I mean, you had to come home though like you yeah, had to yeah i'd go home to shower and get a change of clothes and then, and then come back, back. <laughs> and because class were all online so all we did was drink like yeah. every day and then i got like stupid high every day yeah so it's like that was i did nothing that semester <laughs> i literally did nothing and then we got to the point where it was the middle of fall where we were there were other fraternities like starting to do stuff and this is like when our exec board started to get heated because there were guys like me who had just got in mm-hmm. who were like, well, if other people are doing shit, like, let's do stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we sitting around? Why are we not doing anything? Yeah. And then they just had this whole mentality, like, because we had thrown, like, probably the biggest parties of the year that spring before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were on top. And so they had this mentality that, like, oh, we don't have to do anything to stay on top. And we're just like, that's not how that works. Yeah. Like, you stay on top by doing shit. Yeah, you're just getting lazy, like, complacent. Like, yeah, and so we eventually got through to where we threw a party. It had to be super, super low-key. We made sure, like, there were no phones. Like, we like mm-hmm. we told girls, like, if you come, you can't be taking photos. Like, we could get shut down for this. Like, our chapter like, could get removed. You think that, like, UCF or USF would take it down? Oh, like, yeah. I know oh, dude, they were being anal about all this really? stuff. With Greek life especially. Like, they sent out emails to everybody saying, like, there can be no, like, they like wouldn't let us do chapters too they're like you can't do chapters um they eventually like let us start doing it um because we tried to do the virtual chapters for a little while and it it didn't really work i mean it it worked for a little bit just to like get our points across like what was going on Mm -hmm. but like they'd be like 20 25 minutes max Yeah, it's not like fun no it's it's not not the same either like going actually seeing like the guys you rushed with like going in once a week and seeing how they're doing yeah um and just seeing what's going on and what your dues are going towards. And we were still paying dues, mm-hmm. like, even when we weren't doing anything. So we got to that point. It was just like, fuck it. Let's just do something. Mm-hmm. And so we did, and we got away with it, and then we just kept doing that. <laughs> well, it's because it's like we're off campus. Like, yeah, we have to follow the USF rules, but we can, you know, we can get away with it a little bit because we have our own property, yeah. which is what we should have been doing the whole time. But, I was gonna say, like, what authority? Like, because are, are you sanctioned by the school? Like, do they? Yeah, have they any? still have like interfraternity council, so IFC. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all through USF, and you have like, I mean, it's you're basically every fraternity's goal is to get somebody on IFC, especially like in an upper level position, like mm-hmm. president or vice president, because they like enforce the rules. And oh, if you okay. have somebody in, yeah, they can like slide you under those yeah, rules. Yeah. So that's kind of the goal, and we we usually had somebody who was on the IFC board for every time i was at active so they probably still have have someone on now but that was the way to do it and we got away with a lot of stuff because of that which was pretty fun so like covid semester turned in like it, it started out really really bad because we weren't doing anything but then it segued into getting fun mm-hmm. um but then the other problem was like bars and everything around us like we're still pretty strict yeah um especially a lot of the college bars they were getting caught and like they had that whole scandal during the summer when people they were trying to open back up like down in ebor like all those bars Mm -hmm. like i think it was tangra they tried to open back up and then they got caught um just by the police and everything opening back up and they lost their liquor license for a little while so they like they were being serious about they were pulling liquor licenses if you open back up and had more than like a set amount of people yeah and so then they had a beer and wine i'm pretty sure by now they got it back 
but yeah it was just a ton of bs and it was probably the same up in orlando I mean, yeah, I wouldn't know. That's yeah, that's. You didn't like, go out. You didn't go out much. No, no. Yeah, I'm an engineer. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're smart. Yeah. I'm, I'm a dumbass. Oh, about that. It's just like picked the wrong choice. I right. guess. Uh, no, dude, no, I, I was stupid because isn't like that semester really nothing happened. All, all I did was just party. That was. I mean, it. but that sounds like fun. Like I was just in my room. Like, right. That fucking sucked ass. No, like, that's that's how it was. Like the first month of the semester, which that was just stupid. But like that, the nice part about having that is like we had a group of guys that were like, let's do something. Yeah. Like it wasn't just like five or six of us like saying, yeah, this sucks. Let's do something. No, it was like probably seventy five percent of our chapter at the time was like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. And we had a problem is we had just gotten we were in debt for a little while and we got out of it, mm-hmm. and now we have all these kids coming like into a debt-free fraternity it's like and we have money yeah it's like let's do something it's a prime time it's yeah. prime time Especially to do if something you've been so deprived for so right long. yeah so we're like let's do it and get it over with like let's start doing stuff and we did there were some fun parties and then unfortunately there were no like tailgates that year which really sucked yeah. or that semester because um, I, like I said, I really didn't go to tailgates that much because I was working either way. Even during COVID, I was still working, mm-hmm. um, which that led to me working at GNC, which that was the time. I mean, is, is that a solid company? Are they like a? So when I started, it was kind of weird mm-hmm. because they were going through because of COVID and everything. They were going through a rebrand, mm-hmm. so they were they closed about fifty percent of their stores nationwide. Oh shit! And they were going all online, mm-hmm. and it was working though. And so the company realized it's like, why do we need the stores if people are just going to buy our shit online? We yeah. don't have to, you know, we don't have to worry about benefits, employing people, keeping stores open, like all these yeah. overhead costs they have to worry about. They don't have to worry about anymore. So I worked at the one that was on Dale May Rio. It was down towards, um, what is that? It's like down towards the Walmart. It's right next to the Target. It's like in that shopping center. I don't even live in Tampa, bro. I don't, I, oh, okay. Like, so you yeah, don't know. I, I don't know where shit is. So here. for context, this was next to a Target. Mm-hmm. It was basically okay. right next to it. And I go in, I'm like, hey, uh, I just left Lowe's and like I hadn't been working like for COVID through a little bit, but then I realized it's like, yeah, I need to work. So I go, I meet this guy. He's like, yeah, you know, hours are going to be limited and stuff like that. And well, there's only like you, and you go into a GNC, there's only usually one dude in the store anyway. Yeah. So like that was perfect. And so the best part about that job was getting 25% off of like all the store stuff. So it's like, I started hooking the homies up with like protein and all this stuff. I was like, I put it in our fraternity group. I'm like, yo, pull up if you want free shit, <laughs> which I gave away probably too much free shit, dude. I, I should have been fired. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Like if anybody's going to the gym, like fraternity, like that's a whole yeah. customer base right there. Yeah. So, what I did was the the key around that was look for stuff that was close to expiration. Mm-hmm. And if it was, we had a chart that like we could still sell it, but then like we could mark it down. Mm-hmm. But then I would just mark it down a little bit more if I knew the guy. <laughs> so instead of like 20% off, I'd mark down like 50 or 60% Holy off. Shit. Okay. So I was like, dude, fuck it. What is he going to do? Yeah. So because there was already enough people coming in, like once Florida started opening back up and gyms were getting like the go ahead to start letting more people in mm-hmm. like more and more people like were coming to gnc because of that so like i was always busy mm-hmm. and the pay wasn't great like i was getting paid ten dollars an hour but like you know at the end of the day it's like it was a job yeah yeah and so i just needed i needed to do what i needed to do yeah just to pay rent and then same with tuition i mean because like partying's got to cost a lot of money right or like yeah just like dues. dues yeah dues <laughs> at the time were like i think there were seven hundred eight hundred dollars yeah, but, like, I mean, like, I would figure, I mean, you're not going to bars, so that's not as expensive, but. Yeah, like, it wasn't as bad because of that, 
but even then like i mean it's not as bad as like probably uf fsu or even ucf like our dues but even then it's like shelling out 700 800 bucks a semester it's like yeah. it's a lot of money i mean does that go like is that i assume that's used yeah it's, it, it's like used it's for not, like nobody's profiting no no it was it's used for whether it's throwing parties getting stuff you know reserved for events uh paying uh any mortgage we had on the house that we owed so it goes towards stuff it's supposed to go to now if there was any laundering before i got there i can't say (laughs) if there was or wasn't i don't know what was going on with them to get to 60k in debt yeah so they probably weren't just paying their dues to uh the mortgage or anything they weren't probably they were probably just fucking around like most people would i mean so yeah is it like is the fraternity responsible for buying a lot of the alcohol or buying oh, yeah. like yeah like yeah with our own stuff yeah we had to we had to buy everything but what's funny is um that's uh, gasparilla before covid hit mm. um this is this is like top top moment of my time at usf I had rented the U-Haul to carry all the alcohol to the, the lot a that we U-Haul? rented. Yeah, we had a U-Haul with about, I think it was around ten to like twelve thousand dollars worth of alcohol. Holy in it. shit! Yeah, we had a well, we had this huge thing. We've been playing this thing for a while. I would hope that's yeah. Okay. So <laughs> and we got like a lot for there was a lot for a thousand people, which is where the main lot was. We got like a DJ stand. It was supposed to be a huge thing, and then we got like a back lot to where like people could go get drinks. It would hold like 150, 200 people. So this is a story in itself. I'm not going to name draw fraternities of who did what, but there was a fraternity who was in charge of getting the permits. There was a fraternity who was in charge of procuring the U-Haul. So this was a multi-fraternity. This was a multi-fraternity thing. Out. No, this was not just so fine. Like, out. how much y'all paying dudes for twelve grand? Of Here's liquor? the thing. We didn't pay for shit. <laughs> we absolutely bamboozled these kids. And it was hilarious because we get to the lot. We only, I think we only paid like maybe a thousand bucks and we just, we basically just ran the ship. We were captains of this, <laughs> this thing happening. So I'm like, all right, I'll get the U-Haul. We'll do this. And our social chair at the times like, yeah, I do that. Like we're working everything out with the other fraternities. Uh, one fraternity was in charge of getting the permits for the lot, mm. which there is a problem and this. will come to it. So we get to the lot, we get everything loaded up, all the alcohol, which this was sketchy as fuck too. We go to like, downtown tampa to this like liquor store just in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and this dude rolls up in a mercedes and gives our president at the time and just an envelope with like eight grand in cash who the fuck was this it this was, was just another dude in a fraternity for the alcohol <laughs> so he's just like i got you yeah i think it was i think it was alpha it might have been alpha sig who the did it map. yeah, yeah we who, gotta, whoever who cares you know but so like but then like across the street we see these we see these dudes in like red jumpsuits and i'm like are those are the bloods <laughs> yeah, that's... like we just see it's a bunch of white boys with a u-haul getting liquor and then you know potentially the bloods across the street i'm like okay can we just get out of here wait wait so you were getting the money for the liquor or yeah you were getting we were already at the them? liquor store we were just waiting on the money oh okay, okay so we had the u-haul and everything ready to go okay okay you pulled and, up in the middle of the night yeah. to get like cases of liquor yep. and do you have so you have no idea who these people no, are they're just no like, idea we just know that our president was like yeah i called the liquor store they said you were good just bring the cash like and then we handed it off to him no ids were pulled we just okay. get all this shit what like what was the liquor li- like because there's got to be a strat right for liquor right oh, it was, it was primarily like- no we had like 
mixers, beer. We had uh, vodka, like cheap vodka. You just get plastic bottles. Oh, bottle just, shit. yeah, plastic bottles. Yeah, nobody can tell. Yes. And then we weren't, we were just in charge of getting it. We didn't, we only paid for probably like maybe $500 worth of it. And we just absolutely just made everybody else pay for everything. This is the genius of it. And then we get to the lot the day of. Um, and the party starts off, it's going great. There's tons of people there. There's probably like over a thousand people there. It's popping. Like, it's going to be a great time. Not 30 minutes in, we get a noise complaint. Like, five, ten cop cars show up. Oh, and shit. he's like, I need to see the permits for this right now. And so the dude who was in charge, not going to say what fraternity he was in, had left. <laughs> he just, like, the minute the thing started, he dipped. And so he's, we're like, where are the permits? Mm. And so I'm 20 at the time, mm. and I'm driving a oh, U-Haul fuck. full, like, of, with ten to twelve thousand dollars worth of alcohol, and I'm 20. So I'm like, and there's this cop here, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to jail. Did he ask for ID? You're like, no, he didn't ask. He's just like, he wants to know these permits because if we had the permits, we would have been good. Mm-hmm. So this random ass security guard that they had hired, he's like, comes walking, he's like, I got your permits, sir, right here, right here. He looks at it and he's like, "I know something is bad." When he's he stares at one, puts it away immediately, mm-hmm. and he's looking at this other one and he's like looking at it for a solid like three minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "No way!" And my butt, like the social chair at the time, and me, like he was there with me trying to like I don't know how I got roped into talking to the cops with him, probably because I was sober like him. Uh-huh. And so we're just looking at each other like, "Are we about to get fucked?" <laughs> and so he looks like he's like, "Okay, well you guys are good with this 250 permit, which was for the back lot, the smaller ones." But like he points to the thousand person permit. Like this is fake. Right. He's like, this is fake. He's like, you guys have five minutes to vacate the premises, otherwise we're gonna start putting people in cuffs. Holy so shit. So we just go like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like we start sprinting. He's like, Jake, get the U-Haul, get it all the alcohol, and just go. <laughs> and so my my roommate, who is now he was a, a part of this heist with me, we were just like yelling at everybody we're like telling everybody to get the fuck out and so we're grabbing cases of beer i'm like load this stuff up in the u-haul now we start loading it we get everything we gotta, loaded go. Up. We gotta go and so we get everything loaded up i'm about to take off and so i talked to my buddy and you know i was like dude we could totally just take this back to the house <laughs> and nobody would ask questions because everybody's freaking out because there's cops yeah and they could just think they took it but then this dumbass who was in my fraternity like he opened up the back of the U-Haul as I have it started, and he's letting dudes from other fraternities in. Mm. And I'm like, you asshole. And so I just, like, and even the social chair at the time even told me, he's like, dude, we should not let these people in. I'm like, I didn't. I was I was ready to go, dude. Yeah. Like, the U-Haul was started. It was ready to go. Yeah, about to get so away. <laughs> we dropped these cats who were in the back off, and this is what we do. We had a plan. We dropped them off back at their, like, apartment house or whatever the fuck it was because I think they were Sig Kai's, Alpha Sig, I don't even know who the fuck they were. We dropped them back off. We take the U-Haul back to our house. We're like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And we told them the plan. We gave them the plan. Mm-hmm. We're like, we're going to go back to our house. We're going to – I'm going to drop some people off because, like, I was kind of being a mediator because they didn't know who I was, mm-hmm. and I was sober. And I'm like, I'm going to drop some people off. We're right in the U-Haul. We're going to come back. We're going to divvy up the alcohol between us mm-hmm. and fuck the guys who just fucked us over. Because mm-hmm. they had one job, which was get the permits. Yeah. And they couldn't do that. And they both, the, both the dudes, they were from two other fraternities. They both agreed with that. They're like, yeah, that sounds good, man. So they get out. We drop them off. I drive the U-Haul back to Fidel. I look at the social chair at the time. I'm like, you know what we need to do, right? He's like, 
Oh yeah. So we take about we count all the cases, and there's still about like probably nine, ten grand of alcohol in this thing because people were making off with cases and stuff like when the cops come yeah. came to, and so we just look at each other. It's like, all right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take right now about fifty percent of this alcohol, <laughs> and then when we get there, then we'll we'll divvy it up. And so what we did was we took about 50% of the alcohol that was already in the U-Haul, stashed it in the house. We drive back, and then we're like, yeah, this is it. He's, and then none of these guys asked if this was all the alcohol. And we just look at each other, and we start counting it out. And even the 50% that was still left of the alcohol, we only gave them about 20% of it. <laughs> Oh my god! So you're getting eighty percent. Oh, dude, we got eighty percent of it. You're getting like eight grand worth. Of oh yeah. So we we free. and this was what was so dumb because like the guys, I said I was coming back and like you guys better be here ready to get this out because I was gonna return the U-Haul same day because it was in my name. And so I take it back and. Only one of the dudes there is there for his alcohol. So I'm like, okay, well, tell this other guy that we're just setting it on the road because they were throwing like a block party instead for Gatsby. So we're like, that's fine. So I set their stuff out. Like, this is divvied up. And what we did was to make it look like there wasn't as much, we shoved stuff to the back of the U-Haul. So it looks like it was a lot less than it actually was. And so then we just get back and we're like, these dumbasses bro <laughs> and so like me and me and the social chair at the time daff each other up we're like we just we just basically made out with eight to ten grand worth of alcohol just the heist of the century. oh dude that was that was the most fun like i had had in that fraternity was stealing like it, yeah. it wasn't stealing but mm. it was basically stealing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was so fun i was that was like i almost shit my pants when that happened man when the cop showed up because i look at him he's 21 at the time i'm 20 and i got this u-haul i'm like dude i'm yeah. going to jail i mean like at least you weren't drunk like i guess no, that i think be... that was the one saving grace is like when i was talking to the cop because we were both sober mm. like if we were both drunk i think we both would have gotten yeah. like i would have gotten slapped in cups immediately right yeah here, really right? but dude that was just like the shittiest thing ever it's like you have one job and yeah. we were playing this about two three months in advance like get the stupid permit so like the whole thing got shut down the, whole even thing the back got lot shut down. was like still open yeah no like they the... shut it down completely the cops were like get out of here so you got what an hour of partying not even like 45 minutes holy shit and it was still like middle of gatsby but that that kind of just ruined everything that get, that yeah. year for gatsby we were like we we're done but it, it made up for it you know me and him just absolutely bamboozling yeah. the rest yeah, of those yeah. guys yeah it was one party for eight thousand ten thousand dollars <laughs> are you kidding me oh my god i just didn't like my whole mindset even during that was just like i don't want to get arrested for this because yeah. i'm committing an actual crime i mean like that seems to be like that was one of the curious thing is like the drinking age if you go to college the drinking age is not nobody gives a shit no nobody like, gives a shit dude like i was going to like the ucf tailgates it's like the, there's cops there but they're just there to make sure people don't fight and piss yeah, in the no, woods. That's it. it's just like we're not especially checking if you're a chick dude yeah they, they don't do, care they at all give a fuck it's like well, I thought this was a serious thing, but I guess no. this is a bunch of bullshit. No, dude, no. But yeah, that was that was a fun like basically three hours, just that absolute heist of the century. <laughs> so you just go back to the house and you just have like a stack of alcohol. Oh, that's like, all we did. We had a back room. We just put it all in there. We had like probably about forty or fifty bottles of vodka, like thirty or forty cases of beer bunch of mixers so you were set for like a couple months oh we were set for that entire semester going into the <laughs> summer and then some fall oh my god yeah okay. we were good dude yeah. 
We never had. We didn't have a single like alcohol charge for parties that entire semester. Damn. I mean, is but, that like a big? That must be like a big like part of your budget is just a slush fund, right? Like, is that? Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't like. I mean, I was in those talks, but like, I didn't really pay them any mind because that wasn't what I was on exec for. Mm-hmm. So like. Like, I cared about the budget for, like, getting stuff done at the house, like, that we needed for, like, renovations. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was, like, a completely separate talk with, like, the social chair and then the uh, the treasurer and, like, how much money was going to go towards, like, parties that year. Mm-hmm. But, no, that year, dude, we didn't spend any money on alcohol, like, oh, until COVID hit because I was right before yeah. COVID. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I forgot about that. So, but that was still, like, that liquor, that vodka lasted. So, oh, that was, it was nice. Because I've imagined, like, like, just going to bars, like, that ridiculous amount of money they charge for drinks like that's gonna yeah. be a considerable like yeah college bars are kind of anal about that i mean i figure all bars like it, it doesn't just get more expensive no it depends like what i've noticed and we can talk about like what's after like i mean i'm getting out of college and like how i've worked and how like that whole scene now has changed mm-hmm. um but just staying on right now, just like middle of college and like dealing with like the bar situation there and then even it opening up uh, in 2021 mm-hmm. which was like my worst year of my life just because so like once so tw- so it was 2021 um when they no cancer like the yeah the the no cancer stopped um but i was already in this mindset of just drinking partying and then getting blacked out all the time yeah. like i was a i was a fucking douchebag <laughs> like i'm not even there's no even like skirting around it i was a douchebag okay i mean well also i imagine like once you get a little you know sniffing going on like it's kind of yeah, hard to, and to get I had that, out that too. problem too so it's like once she got cleared like i was already on this destructive path mm-hmm. and then just it just happened like i got drunk one night drove home blacked out mm. remember coming to getting slapped into cuffs really you yeah. didn't remember what happened nope I just remember I came to, I was like driving and what sucked about it was I was literally right around the corner from where I lived Oh. and fuck. I got slapped in the cuffs and dragged down, got arrested, convicted of DUI. And I just felt like such a piece of shit because of that. And like just sitting there, like when I was detained, like just thinking about everything that led up to this point and like what I had done, the person I had become, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. And like, you know this godsend my mom like beating cancer and then i just do this mm-hmm. like how much of a piece of shit do i have to be yeah and so like that was like it when i knew like my time with the fraternity and partying and everything like it was done mm-hmm. and i made that decision myself and so basically get out i mean i after that like i didn't even trust myself with anything for a long time i kept beating myself up i mean the charges alone for that are super expensive there's like 10 grand or some shit yeah yeah i paid about that after everything was done so and then but i got hooked up though with a good lawyer um so if anybody's watching this if you if you do you know get slapped and cuffed for this do not blow that's the worst thing you can do what you can refuse to you can refuse to blow and i didn't know that so like i was just like doing everything the the cop said because like Mm -hmm. that's what you're taught growing up is like just do what they say yeah but then you get to the point where they ask you to blow if you blow you're fucked. Because I thought that's what it says, like on your license, like you have to like no. submit to a breathalyzer. No, you or don't. You can refuse a breathalyzer, and that's the biggest thing of getting out of it. Because what they'll still make you do is they make you do the sobriety test, like when they pull you over. Mm-hmm. And I did that, and I looked at the video, and I looked fine. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, like, when it happened, and I saw, and because I was, I was point, I blew a point one five, like I was 
I was done. Yeah, that's like what double. That's the limit. almost that's, double the yeah. limit. And so, even my lawyer is like, if you had not blown that day, we could have easily gotten this like you out of it because Florida's got one of the most. They're not the strictest, but they're pretty up high up there. I think they're. It goes like New York, Jersey, and then maybe Florida's three or four, mm-hmm. it, but they're definitely top five for like strictest DUI laws in the country. Oh shit. So it was pretty bad. So when it happened, um, like when he said that, like I was just like, that was I was like, are you kidding me? Like if I had just not done this one thing, yeah, it would have all gone away. But I'm kind of glad it did happen mm-hmm. because who I am as a person now and what I've done since that, mm-hmm. like I don't think I would have ever gotten to this point in my life if that had not happened. Like it was a wake up call. It was a huge wake up call mm-hmm. because I mean going into that that summer after it happened, I mean. I felt like such a piece of shit. Like I didn't have any money just because of all the costs and stuff I had to go through to pay. And but then that led to an opportunity where my dad's like, "Hey, I want you to go work for a good family friend of mine." And so I did, and I went back to Kansas City again because that's where he was from. And then I was doing uh, contract work for construction, and we, I was working on old homes, helping him renovate them, change them up, like make them look nice. Um, and then I did such a good job with him. He's like want to come to hawaii with me mm. and i'm like what for he's like well my son he lives there he's a top gun pilot and he's building a house right on the beach and i want you to help me with it so i'm like hell yeah, yeah. i'll come to hawaii so he's like okay cool so just um start looking for a place because you're going to be there for a month and so i'm like okay i talk with my dad about it. he's like you want to do it i'm like yeah so i find this lady she's got a condo right on the beach that she's renting out a room for i go to oahu for 30 days Holy and shit. I stayed 30 days in Hawaii. That right on, awesome. Dude, it was so much fun. And it was kind of like the thing I needed, like stepping back from everything. Mm-hmm. And it helped a lot, at least in my mental mindset, to get me back to where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I was in um, Kailua, which is about an hour outside of Honolulu. Mm-hmm. And it's just beautiful, dude. Like, I How live, did you find this lady? I, mean, like, I just looked up, like, on uh, Zillow, just, like, mm-hmm. rooms for rent. And they're just like, yeah. And she was just there. And she's like, yeah, I'll interview you and see, like, if you're, like, decent enough for me to let you stay with me just for the time being. She was, like, in her, I think she was in her, like, early 70s. Super nice lady. She worked for a software company. Like, she, like, was her own boss. She just mm-hmm. lived in Kailua because she wanted to live in Kailua. Yeah. And so I went there, and she interviewed me over a Zoom call. She's like, yeah, you can come stay. So I fly out there, um, do work with them for 30 days. Dude, it's so beautiful there. Yeah. Like, and then living right on the beach too, that was unreal. Like I literally, I got, I could get up and just, it was a five minute walk just right to the beach. Holy shit. I went to the beach every day after work. I walked up and down the beach. I ran on the beach. Um, it was so beautiful. She just took a break in paradise. So Basically, like, but I was working too. Yeah. So I was still helping this guy with his son's house. Um, which is a funny story because I had no way to get around. I can't rent a car at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, this dude's son gave me his bike. <laughs> and so every day I had been riding this bike to his house because he lived like a solid two miles away. Mm-hmm. But I had been taking the bike up to the condo. Mm-hmm. And because we had been working on getting there, like, they have the bike racks and like they give you a sticker. Mm-hmm. And uh, but Kailua was known, and most of Honolulu is like people steal bikes. Mm-hmm. And so, but I hadn't had this problem, so I because I'd been bringing it up to the room every day. Yeah. And so the day I get the sticker and I buy this nice bike lock. Yeah. After work, I come down, I put it in the in the bike rack. Mm. Lo and behold, the next day, 
bike's gone. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> bike is gone. First day, it's his eight hundred dollar mountain bike. Oh, it's just gone. Oh no. And so I'm like, no way, man. Because I'd been walking to work for a while, and then I got the bike, and it was super nice biking because I, I used it for exercise too. And I just felt so bad. I'm like, if I had just kept bringing this up to the room, it would have been totally fine. And the lady felt super bad about it too because she had been urging me. She's like, she felt bad because she lived on the third floor and there was no elevators. So I had to carry it up. Every day. She's like, I'm working really hard because their front office, dude, those guys were pieces of shit. They just wouldn't give her the sticker. And she'd been calling them all the time, like, where's this kid's sticker? Like, he's paying me rent. At least give him the bike sticker. And so when it, she finally got it for me, she was like, I'm so sorry. Just, it was so dumb. That next day, I walked down getting ready to go to work on this dude's house. And I'm like, where's the bike? Fuck. I'm like looking around. <laughs> For an hour to see if I put it on a different oh rack. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's just gone. And then I go to the front office. I think the front office guy helped in stealing it because mm. there was a camera right above where I put my bike, and oh. I made sure to put it there because of the camera. Yeah. And I go to him. I'm like, "Hey, can I see the camera footage of the you know mm. of this rack?" And he's like, "I'm sorry, it's not available." <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, what do you mean it's not available? Like, the file got co- magically corrupted, yeah. like, when my bike was stolen. He's like, I'll try to pull it up for you, man, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to do anything. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so this guy helped get the bike stolen. I don't know if I can click that file. Yeah, right? really. I don't know if the cloud on. saved it oh enough. Oh it's, oh, it's three gigabytes instead oh, of two. Oh, no, sorry. So I'm just like, I go back to this guy, and I'm like, and this is towards, like, the end when I'm getting ready to leave, too. And I'm like, yeah, your bike was stolen. He goes, what? He just looks at me like, you're kidding me. He's like, I, that's an $800 mountain bike. You know, I'm like, I know. I'm like, really sorry. I already f- I filed a police report like with the, the Kailua police, and I told them, they're like, more than likely, well, they told me, they're like, we're more than likely not going to find the bike, but like, we'll at least keep an eye out for it because it's 800 bucks. Mm. Um, and I gave him the, the number of the cop that I called, um, gave him the police report, and I'm like, okay, this these last couple days I'm here, I'll work completely for free to pay off the bike for you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I'll pay. I'm like, and he tried to, he sent me like a Venmo payment and I rejected it. I'm like, no, cause I'm not letting this hang over my head. Like yeah. I gave him three free days of labor to pay off the bike. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, that, that was the dumbest, like <laughs> last week in Kailua. But yeah, so you didn't even need to like, no, you, you it was so, it up the whole month. Basically. It was so stupid. I've been hauling it up these stairs the entire month. And then I finally get, I'm like, Oh, last week I'll just, oh. I'll, I'll I'll treat myself and yeah. set it down, and then lo and behold, next day, bike's gone. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, I definitely want to go back um, just for a vacation purpose. Downtown Honolulu is super fun, mm. especially the beaches there. The people there, not the tourists. The tourists are assholes, <laughs> but the people who are actually from like Hawaii or they live they've lived there for like 20, 30 plus years. Um, they're super chill. I hear, yeah, that's just the the way it is up there. Oh, like, they, you're on the beach. Yeah, you're lies. on the beach. It's like being in Florida, but, you know, just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Which it did suck for, like, food costs because everything was over, like, way overpriced. Yeah. So, like, a 12-pack a of Bud Light, like, here is, like, what, 13 bucks? Yeah. Over there, it's, like, 17, 18 bucks. Oh, fuck. Which is, like, I only bought one case of beer that entire time. Yeah. I'm like, I'll just go to a restaurant at this point. Yeah. <laughs> And then downtown Honolulu was good because, like, the art district. And then I went to the beaches there. And it was just fun, man. Like, definitely I'd want to take another trip there just to either stay in Honolulu. I wouldn't go back to Kailua just because that's more like the family residential area. So there's not, like, a lot to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was nice. I did meet a couple of, like, the families there, like, on my way when I was walking to work. They'd see me walking. And, like, 
they'd ask and come on they were so nice they'd like hey you want a glass of water or anything like we see you walking up and down our street every day they're like what are you doing here it's like oh, i'm helping work on uh the dude's name is paul i'm like oh i'm working on paul's house like oh you know paul like they all know each other there it was just it was a fun time Dang. so seems like a nice spot yeah. yeah it was it was really nice which and that really helped like kind of get my head in the right space coming back to florida and it set me i changed my major from engineering to mathematics uh just because covid ruined that for me um and that i mean it also it came out do you remember like the bridge thing that happened Oh, uh, no. down in i think it was fau or fiu or whatever that school down there is called oh yeah it was it like the in, yeah so the six engineers and I, I don't know how many of them worked on it but supposedly there were a couple who worked on it that got their degrees like online mm. and didn't know what they were doing oh my god so when i read that article because i had switched from computer to civil engineering mm. and i just read that and like after seeing like the classes and everything i took yeah. i wasn't retaining anything yeah, yeah. so i'm just like yeah, I'm switching my major. I'm not deal. I'm not dealing with this. I'm not even gonna take a chance. No, yeah, I think yeah, there's gonna be a lot of fucked up stuff coming in the next couple of years, especially once like five years from now when they're all like PEs. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, infrastructure is done. People are gonna die. <laughs> yeah. No, infrastructure is done. But yeah, no. Then I segued. I changed my major. Completely stepped back from the fraternity life junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, still kept like friends with most of the guys in the fraternity. Mm-hmm. Um, and talk to them and like I was, I'm 21 at this point so I'm going out to normal bars um, with the guys who are 21 so mainly downtown Soho mm. so which New Year's Eve yeah that was the time yeah that was I, I there's a lot of blank spaces in the, the memory there dude we was... could talk about that at, like a little bit New Year's Eve a little bit after just in terms of like nightlife of, yeah. of Tampa but like nightlife of Tampa is it's okay it's not great yeah it's, no, it doesn't seem like to be up there. I mean, like, of course, you know, Miami, those, like, high You can't beat Miami. Like, I've been I've been to Club Space, mm-hmm. and that was so much fun, man. Yeah. It's just dark room, headbanging until 7 in the morning. That's what I heard. Yeah, my buddy was telling me, he's like, yeah, I left the room, and my legs were, like, shaking. Like, I couldn't, like, stand properly anymore. Dude, it's so much fun. I did get hit on by a lot of gay guys and some transvestites which was really really uncomfortable but i was as nice as possible as i could be to those people and there's a lot of them in miami yeah it's kind of wild like there's not that many here in tampa but then you go you just go north and they're all there and then shit okay so it was weird it was actually fun i was talking to a guy who was a year ahead of us mm-hmm. and was on the basketball team with me about it because he lives in miami now mm-hmm. and he's he, t- he just smiled at me he's like yeah it sounds about right because <laughs> he does real estate up there now and he's been to space a couple times yeah but yeah so yeah junior year um just basically focused on getting my head screwed on right um focused on just getting my grades back up who i needed to be as a person um and just really focus just focusing on what i needed to do um, and this was always going to happen regardless if I had gotten the DUI or not. I mean, like once you get to junior and senior year, like if you're smart, like it's time to get going because mm-hmm. I mean, college isn't going to last forever yeah. and you got to, you know, you got to start making a living. Yeah. So that was like a huge kick in the ass for me. And then especially not having like a driver's license for six months. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. That was the worst. Did I had you get to Uber. another bike or no? no, I just Ubered everywhere because I, I started working again. Um, and this was after junior year. So segueing into 2021 into 2022. Um, so spring is when like I had gotten everything like the, cause it, I got my DUI in February, 2021. Mm-hmm. So we're coming up on a year since it happened, but like I had my court 
date scheduled in November of 2021. Mm-hmm. So I went to that, pled guilty, got all the bullshit out of the way. Mm-hmm. And so then the six months license suspension started, did that, going through school. I lived, thankfully, just right next to campus, so I just walked to school every day, which helped a lot. But I wasn't working during that time because mm-hmm. I didn't have a car. Yeah. And it was hard to do that and, you know, go to campus and do all this other bullshit during the day. So then – but what was dumb about it is, like, I was still going out on Friday nights. <laughs> now, I wasn't getting as belligerent as I used to, mm-hmm. but I was still trying to go out and have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Um, which that was mainly a test for myself to see if, like, I could control myself. And mm-hmm. I did, and I still do. And then, like, I don't go as out as much anymore, but – it just made me realize it's like I don't have to just drink to have a good time. Like I can go out and be sober or just have one or two drinks and have a good time with friends. I mean, it's definitely a tough lesson to learn. Like that's Yeah, it's experience is an expensive teacher and that was a very expensive mistake. Oh yeah. There's there's been some bad nights, some some nights over some toilets. Oh my god, dude. No, just I mean, I think about it every day still. It's like why did I do this? Why did I do this? But like I said, I think I'm I'm glad I did do it because where I'm at now is probably in a much better position than I could have ever imagined myself being in. Mm. I mean, like I'm, I'm not going to scoot around it. Like I make pretty good money for somebody my age. Mm. Um, and I never would have gotten in this position if I hadn't gotten my head screwed on straight. Yeah. But yeah, so we get to the end of junior year going in. I'm like, okay, I got to find a good internship. So I get into like, start getting into business analytics and get a good internship uh, and basically work the entire summer, work my ass off, get a couple certifications, and then um, I get into contract work, which so I'm working for myself at this point, mm-hmm. and it's going pretty good. And then, you know, that summer flows by, I get a lot of experience, and here we are now, senior year, and basically just the same thing, just working. Went out a couple times first semester mm-hmm. of senior year. Was supposed to graduate last semester, but didn't have the classes I needed because the major I'm in just it yeah. magically exists now. Are you, are you still math? Or you're- yeah, no, I'm still math. But, like, what happened was this – they created this major, like, two years ago, so they still don't have – Really? They didn't have a math major? No, they didn't have, like, the personnel to, like, teach the classes that they need. So they're still trying to figure it out. They don't yeah, really they don't know what they're doing still. <laughs> and there's only – what's stupid is in the math part, there's only one advisor in the entire math department. And I'd been butting heads with this lady like eight months before like they finally got these classes that I needed. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't know she was the only one. So I felt like such an asshole oh, yeah. after I found out. I was like, you got to come back. Oh, no. I'm like, I just like basically just email yelled at this lady for eight months. And she's the <laughs> only one helping me. And I didn't even know that. And I just felt so bad. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh. But yeah, everything's straight now. And like, I'm only taking two classes a semester, so I'm graduating. Which so are you working like full time too? Then? Yeah, I, I still work full time because I do hybrid stuff. So I either work, I try to go into an office as much as I can because I, personally, I get more stuff done when I'm in an office mm-hmm. setting. Yeah, same. Um, and I also like this is something that we can talk about too is like the work life balance that our generation, because of COVID, mm-hmm. it's basically going out the window Mm -hmm. because now if you've noticed like a lot and a lot of uh, people i know have told me when they're applying for jobs they've taken out those 
hybrid positions now because they want companies want people back in the office because they know productivity goes through the roof when people are actually in an office versus when they're at home and so like kids our generation they don't want that no which i don't know why because dude i can't work from home i mean i do it but i don't like it like yeah it was like i like seeing people like bullshitting with like coworkers and stuff like that but i think it's also like you can get away with a lot of shit at home. Like, Dude, like there'd be days where I would get a lot of stuff done and there'd be days where I'd only get half of what I need to do to get done. Yeah. So when I started doing contract work for, cause I mean, I'm an independent analyst. I'm not in construction. Let's, I'm just for yeah, the record, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I needed to go. So when I get contract for places, I tell them like, I'm going to try to come in as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And I do that not only so that the company has more confidence in me as a worker because they're seeing that I'm there actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. Because I've heard stories, there's contractors that are, have been just absolute assholes to the con- companies, mm-hmm. and they get paid way more than I do. And they'll do half the work, <laughs> oh. which is stupid. Like the company I'm working for now, um, they're doing a big, basically, um, overhaul of uh, what they want to do for their applications for who they're helping. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically i'm taking everything that this guy did he made an inventory of all the applications on their system mm-hmm. but he didn't put what the applications do so it's basically just a bullet point list of the list of applications and it tells you nothing oh fuck and they paid this cat like a hundred dollars an hour <laughs> holy shit and i'm like That's- i literally told the guy like when he signed me out i'm like this is this is bullshit he's like what'd you pay this guy he's like too much i'm like yeah so now i'm reworking this project for him um doing what it was supposed to be um and it's been good so far but yeah so hopefully get out of college well not hopefully i am getting out of college i'm done i'm banging at the door like i've been banging at the door for two semesters now so this will be the last ride i mean so are you like do you do math in your job or is that just like a major so like the weird thing about business analytics is it's not really one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can do as a data analyst that could be considered uh, business analytics. Um, and there's a lot of business intelligence stuff that you can do that could be considered data an- or business analytics. It all kind of falls under this umbrella of what you could do. So like what I specialize in is requirement analysis and solution development. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of research work mm-hmm. and it's also, um, a lot of what I do is help build frameworks for companies so that they have sort of guidelines that they can follow in terms of writing better requirements and turning them into decent solutions. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's always going to work, but at least now it's not just you know people running like chickens with their heads cut off thinking like, oh, my way is right, when in reality it's like your way is not – it's probably not the best. It mm-hmm. could be right, but that's not going to be the case most of the time because we want employees to all – you know have a single mindset that they can work under and they can work together using Mm -hmm. and when they don't have a structural framework to work behind especially like when it comes down to project management it's like there's going to be a bunch of bullshit that just comes in that's not relevant to what you're doing yeah and so i work with both like on um the service side so like it's everyday people and then like the development side i'm starting to delve more into that and just like dude developers suck (laughs) Like, what, what do you mean developers? Like, like people who actually code, like, the applications, who, like, will build the websites. Mm-hmm. Like, American developers suck. The American ones. The American ones. Because, like, I've worked with, uh, I work with ones um, that are in Dubai, actually, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And these cats are so smart. They got, like, three advanced degrees, each one of them, mm-hmm. um, like, in mathematics, data analysis, and coding, development. 
like some of the smartest people on the planet you'll ever meet because that's how they're taught Mm -hmm. and like they come up like education over there is much more competitive Mm -hmm. and much more in-depth than it is over in western civilization Mm -hmm. and so it was so funny i actually i presented one of my frameworks to them one time and they're like they're talking to me like why does this seem like it's dumbed down i'm like because it is (laughs) because i'm presenting this to americans not you guys (laughs) they're like it's a good framework but this is it could be better i'm like it could yeah it could be and i'm making it better but it's like never going to be up to their standard because they're used to like this such high level of learning Mm. but i'm like as long as you guys have an idea of what it's doing that's all i care about on your side Mm. and if you can follow it just so that these idiots over here will do the same thing that's what i'll be happy about so are you telling them like okay this is what we want the application to do like no 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 no. i that's all like upper level intercompany workings like i'm just a consultant Mm -hmm. so my job is to basically get both sides on the same page so it's like a ba on the service side and a ba on the development side they're not just throwing shit back and forth like what does this mean what do you want Mm -hmm. what's going on here so like the certification I went through and what I tested out, um, I went through the IIBA, which is the International Institute of Business Analysts, mm-hmm. and they're based out of Europe. Um, I was looking into it when I was working for a company, I was looking into just different ways that employees, because um, some of these companies, they have em- employees that haven't gone to college. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest issues about the Project Management Institute is their bare minimum is you need a college degree to even take a lot of these certification exams, mm-hmm. which is kind of bullshit. Yeah. It's like why like oh, yeah. why if they know the stuff they like, know the if stuff. They, if yeah, if they know the stuff, if they've been doing the research on their own for, you know, X amount of years or they've read X amount of books on it, they should be able to, you know, take a test on it and get a certification. Mm. Like that's how it should work, but that's where I think, you know, where, you know, you get to the American side, they're going to want to charge you for everything and yeah. make it more expensive, which it is. So I found the IIBA cuz like I didn't have a degree at the time, so I can't take it mm-hmm. and I still don't have a degree. I'm getting it, but I look at it, I'm like, they're like, yeah, if you go through this book. It's called the Babok, the Business Analysis Book of Knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's like a 750-page book, not easy to get through. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can get the entry-level certification. You take it whenever you're ready. You need 21 PD hours professional development. So you go take a class somewhere. It doesn't matter where. It just has to be. They have like a, th- a list of a 1,000 places you can take these online classes for, mm-hmm. and you just need 21 professional development hours, and you can take this exam. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and then at least you can have – you know, a gateway into getting into the real certification and getting, you know, paid more money. Mm-hmm. Cause that's like when one of the companies I worked for, that was like one of their projects they gave me and how I got to um, getting my initial certification was learning how to do all this stuff on my own. Because I mean, the math degree here, it's all theoretical stuff. Yeah. It, not, a, not a lot of it is practical. No. Um, sure. Someone like the data analysis stuff is good too. But I don't really work with a lot of the data right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably will in future contracts, but like as of right now, just I do a lot of the writing portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see if I want to get into like learning SAS or learning more. Like I know Java enough to like get by, mm-hmm. but Java is not really a statistical application. I know a little bit of R Studio um, or just R. Yeah. But I haven't really used it yet in the field, so I might get to that point. But my entire goal right now has just been helping um, with like project managers and business analysts come together to be able to have kind of this central mindset that they can implement onto the everyday employees so when they're writing requirements, 
it's not just a ton of shit that gets thrown over to the development side or if it's a service side project like to upper level management they look at it and like what is this mm-hmm. and it's been going good so far so like we're doing this 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 and this like yeah. we have everybody on the same page right. of like right you're and gonna most make companies, this you're gonna do this and what i've realized working this most companies don't have this especially if they're like a soft like most software-based companies because mm-hmm. they'll get these american developers that are like they, they think they're hot shit mm-hmm. and they're not mm-hmm. which is why like the and we could talk about this too a little bit is like elon's ai thing mm-hmm. is like making waves now because it's so sophisticated and smart it could it could make code. He has an AI? Yeah, he, the, oh, what is it? It's the open AI or whatever is it's that, called. Because I've heard of like ChatGPT or something. Or like I think that's it. Yeah, it's the ChatGPT. That's GPT. Elon's? Yeah, I that's Elon's. Oh, sure. So he built it. And you know how they're saying like it's going to change. Like it writes super sophisticated college like level essays now. Mm-hmm. And now colleges have to worry about that. It also makes like really solid code too. Mm. And that's what developers are worried about. Because it's getting yeah, to the point where job. now technology can just write its own technology. Oh, fuck. And it's better than most of theirs. Yeah. And so, like, they're, it was so funny. This I have a professor this semester who actually said, he's, he brought it up. He's like, don't worry. This AI is not going to make you lose your jobs. I'm like, dude, you don't understand. You got people who are overseas who are already taking these cash jobs because, one, they write a lot better code than mm-hmm. most American developers. They're not as ignorant as American developers because they're willing to learn. And they're willing to own up to their mistakes, which is what I've noticed working for different companies, that a lot of these cats don't want to be wrong. Really? They don't want to be wrong. They're just and, like, no, we're doing it my way. Yeah, it's, like, it's it. my way. And that's what people – you have to get that through your head. You're going to get things wrong. Mm. And you have to be able to fix that mistake. Because if you do that, then at least that way – you can be more respectable in your field because you're willing to, you're still willing yeah, to learn even in upper better. level, even in upper level management, like they're going to be wrong, yeah. but it's just, it's admitting you're wrong. It's fixing the mistake and then learning how to not do that again. Yeah. You don't get any like benefit no. from being like, no, I was right when you're wrong. It's no. like, no, and you're not like, we can apply that like, mistake. going back to a college level. Like I can ask you about this. Like how often did you notice kids in class raising their hands to answer questions? Oh, like almost never. Right. Like, and why do you think that is? I mean, I think a lot of, yeah, they didn't want to, I guess you, yeah. they didn't want to be wrong. They didn't want to be wrong. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Now, it could be another thing. They have a social problem, whatever. But also in that, in that essence, it could be that they don't want to be wrong mm. and they don't want the shame or whatever it is of being wrong. And that's what people, and what I realized big, t- like coming into business analytics, I knew nothing about it when I first started about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't come into the job. I took an entry level position. I only got paid like fifteen dollars an hour, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And I admitted that to my boss at the time. I'm like, I literally, I'm doing this for an internship. I want to learn as much as I can. And he's like, I'm like, I'm going to be wrong, but I'm going to try to be, I'm going to try to be right more times than I'm wrong. And when I'm wrong, I'm going to try to make sure I don't make that same mistake again. Mm-hmm. And he said, Okay, so let's get to work. And he gives me all this material. Like I said, I did all the research on my own of what I needed to look up and how to make myself successful if I wanted to get into contract working, how I added value to myself. And it was because I was willing to admit that I wasn't going to be right all the time. And that's what people don't want to do because they think if they're wrong, like it's the end of the world. It's not. It's not. Yeah, no. People are wrong all the time. It's yeah, not a big deal. Like, it's not a big on. deal. Move on. Well, it's interesting, too, like the whole like getting everybody on the same page thing, too. It, it, it seems like obvious. Well, because when you do that, like, then you have less room for error because it's like you have a structure that you're working yeah. on. And if it, especially if it works, that's like the biggest challenge, at least 
coming from what I'm doing mm-hmm. is making sure that this structure works. Well, like I've, I've noticed because like I'm I'm in charge of like a research project, right? And so like I'm responsible for like okay, you guys do this part of things, you guys get this together. And like it's like unless I like explicitly state like we're doing this, you need to do this, do this, 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 and this. People aren't gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna go figure this out on your like unless you make it clear to everybody. Yeah, people like don't sheep, know what dude. the fuck's going on. They're like, literally like sheep. And it's it's insane. Like I would think <laughs> what my job as a, an analyst, at least from the research part of what I'm doing now, is what I'm trying to accomplish. Is so it, I could work like like with you as a project manager mm-hmm. and give you this structure for them to follow Mm. that way when they hopefully do what they're supposed to do Mm. they give you material that's going to be relevant to what you're doing and Mm. you don't have to go back and ask these questions like why did you give me this how is this relevant to the project like how is this going to provide value to this project what's the context what's what is this changing Mm. i already told you what the need is like how is this going to change all these questions like that are supposed to be answered during Mm during a requirement process. So what you're doing basically when you're giving them tasks, that's writing the requirements for the project. So like that's what a BA is supposed to do is work alongside a project manager. They don't answer them, which is what I think a lot of companies don't don't understand understand is they they don't answer the project manager. They kind of just work hand in hand. They're not in charge of the project at all, but they're just making sure people are on track doing what they're supposed to do. But that also depends what type of business analyst they are. Like I said, I do a lot of I work specifically with writing requirements. There's a there are analysts that do data analysis. There's a huge umbrella of stuff that you could fall under as a business analyst. It's not just one sole thing. So I'm gonna be a lot different than a business analyst you could meet probably in your company, like in what they do. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's also like like because I I have some people who I work with who are like like these dude like this dude I know like he is way smarter than me. Like he's like ten years older than me. Like I'm like oh like this dude's a motherfucker. And I had him like write this code and and it was a matter of like, you know, I had to be like, no, no, I need you to do this, 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 and this. And it's not like he's stupid. It's just like, he doesn't know what it is I want out of him. He doesn't understand exactly like, you know, cause he can't read right. my fucking mind. It's my project. So mm-hmm. I gotta be like, okay, no, this is what we need to do. And then, you know, we'll go back and go over things. And it's not just like, oh, I have to tell him everything that he needs to do. I need to be like, what did you do? Because mm-hmm. like, we're going through things and I'm working with this code and I'm like, why the fuck am I getting all these errors? And he's like, no, like the, the, this is here. Like you're supposed to use this thing over here. And I'm like, I didn't know what the fuck you wrote. Like, how do you mm-hmm. expect me to be able to be like, oh, of course I need to go here and use this model rather than this model. And it's like, okay, now that everybody, like there's so many problems that could be avoided just saying the obvious. Mm-hmm. Of, like everybody on the same page, it's boring as fuck, but like we're doing this, 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 yeah. and this exactly. Nobody wants to do that. It's no, I no. mean, I think like it's, it's definitely laziness, but part of it is just like, you just expect other people to have it done. And right. it's like, no, you can't, you can't expect anything from that. People. Well, we can segue with that going back into the COVID problem is now with everything being online is people are entering into these positions, expecting to have some semblance of an idea of what they're doing. Mm. Now they don't have that anymore mm. because they're, what we do all online, like during it is bullshit. Classes. It's bullshit yeah, classes, yeah. man. But no, when you get to like the nitty gritty stuff, that stuff that might be relevant, mm-hmm. and if it's still online, like how much of that are you actually retaining? Mm-hmm. Versus if you're going into a classroom every day, writing it out, having to listen to a lecture, and also just like the the grade, like people give so many curves, oh, yeah. and people be like, oh yeah, I understand pandemics, so we're doing this, this, and this, and mm-hmm. it's like 
you're fucking us over by not making us learn stuff. Yeah. Because I had one professor, he was like, like this is not an easy A. Like, I'm not going to be... And, and people in class would be like, oh, can you do this, this, and that? And he's like, no, no, no. Like, I told you exactly what the fuck was going on. Oh, he's cracking in. We got this nice little Arizona. We're going to add a little something, something to it. Um, it's like... It's, <laughs> it's vodka. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry, USF. Uh, oh, fuck this institution, man. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, they're not listening to this. They're not going to kick us out either. No, are you kidding me? I've drank in this library so many times. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh. oh, shit. You're just going straight for it. I thought you put it in the tea. <laughs> I mean, we can do that, too. It's up to you, bro. It's your beverage. Um. <laughs> I just don't know how to shake that. That's the problem. This is just going to be straight. Oh, yeah, yeah, Nice little top on it. Mm. Um, I probably should have got a couple more for you. You're a big boy. No, nah, it's fine, dude. It's like. Yeah, it is. It's the middle of the day. Yeah, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> no, dude. I got football to watch later, Catch too. Buzz. I mean, okay. So we're just pre gaming then. Um, Shit, might as well do it. MLK's tomorrow. I, I got work off. Don't have school. So. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, but, anyway, so, so yeah. So I guess bringing it back to so yeah, you're a businessman now, business analytics, mm-hmm. career, responsible adult. Yeah, basically. Um, but but in that, the responsibility, you also you work hard, but you, but you play hard. Not as much as I used to, but yeah, I was there for a time. I was definitely mm. playing hard. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you saw on New Year's, dude. Like, oh yeah, dude. Like you, the alcohol you brought, I was like, there's no fucking way we're gonna drink. All yeah. This. So, little context: Eric and I went to a good friend's townhouse for a party, and basically everybody showed up with you know the general alcohol, beer, um, some cheap vodka, and then I showed up with uh, $220 scotch oh. and $150. Uh, Maker's Mark. Yeah, we didn't even crack into that. Just, no, dude, because like we. I mean, scotch was delicious. Oh, that dude, was, Johnny Walker Blue. Oh. If you can afford it, you gotta buy it. Yeah, you got like that. That and I was telling you, like, I thought I didn't like whiskey. I just don't like cheap whiskey. <laughs> no, and that's like I love doing that with people now. It's because I've gotten to a point in my life now where I'm making pretty decent money, mm-hmm. and I love sharing that experience with my friends whenever I can. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of weird, and it, I'm. This might sound like pretentious or kind of assholeish, but it's like once you get to a point where you're making decent money, it's like it doesn't really matter. Like I'm not doing this for the money. Like the only reason I'm I'm making what I do is because I, you know, got to work, busting my ass when I needed to, and then just have added value to myself. Um, and that's all it is. And it's not as difficult to do as people make it out to be. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. There's like I've worked like now on average even in school um when i don't have class like when i'm going to the office i'll work 10 12 hour work days Mm. um just because that's what i need to get done Mm -hmm. and especially the projects that i'm working on like i have employers that expect me to meet a deadline and i gotta meet that especially in school Mm -hmm. so i'm not it's just all about i mean from i mean i know it sounds bad but like don't be a pussy (laughs) like just you can't and in this like the state of the the world that we're in right now, especially for men and the way like with mental health and everything regarding men and how like 
people it's such bullshit and you've probably heard the same thing like oh yeah man you can you know open up about yourself talk about your feelings Mm. no the fuck we can't (laughs) like let's not kid ourselves no the fuck we can't nobody wants to hear your problems nobody wants to hear your problems because there's this another dude who's got probably in a worse situation than you are has a lot more shit going on in his life Mm. that's still waking up at 6 a.m every day to get to an 8 a.m an 8 to 5 job or a 9 to 5 job just think of those construction workers yeah dude that's coders bitching about yeah really that's like every day i wake up i'm like there are dudes in worse situations than me that just they have to do what they need to do oh yeah and so i do i'm not saying mental health is a bad thing no it's definitely something that needs to be taken care of and like it can segue into bad things like me with my mom not opening up to people about what was going on Mm -hmm. led to me drinking more led leads to a dui Mm -hmm. so yes there are choices that you make that can be subtle like not talking about it with somebody else um whether that's a friend, a girlfriend, a brother, sister, your, you know, mom, dad, uncle, yeah. aunt, whatever you got, um, close friend, whatever bullshit you need, you do need to open up about that. But once you open up about it, once it's all on the table, you got to do whatever you can to fix it as soon as possible. Because you can't the world is a crutch. No, you can't because the world's the the train's leaving without you, whether you like it or not. Yeah, like. That is what it is. You either hop on while you're still dealing with your issues and suck it up and keep going, or yeah. you get off and you know take your little break that you need and be like, oh, it's okay, little Johnny. You know, mm-hmm. it'll all be better. That's not how it works. I just don't know that, like, because yeah, a lot of people, I think they they sort of take advantage of their own problems as like, oh, well, what was me? Po- it, yeah, it gets to a point, and that's the whole oh, what was me thing. It's like, where's the line we draw? And of course, there's like, that's not just something that's super linear and you can say there's a deadline for everybody's problems because it's like you could lose someone super important in your family and i get that everybody needs to grieve and everything yeah but it's still it gets to a point where it's like when are you gonna get back into the headspace you need to to get shit done but i just don't know that like that's the thing like you know it sounds like you're a reasonable person you're not one of these fuck-offs but i don't i think some people just can't tell like they they can't like because like yeah i'll look at myself and I'll be, you know, I'll be like, oh, you know, this was rough. Like, I'm really going through it. I need a day. Like, fine. But, like, then, like, the next day, it's, I will know, like, if I'm saying, like, oh, I'm still tired. I was like, no, you're not. You're full of shit. Like, right. come on. Like, get it, no, get it together. I, I've had friends like that where, I mean, they've gone through some rough stuff. And I understand, like, it's been – some of it's been bad enough where, like, it's it's been a couple months it took them to get back into a good headspace. But I've also had friends where – they've had bad stuff happen to them and they just dragged it out for as long as possible Mm -hmm. and i've been straight up with them i'm like dude like yeah i know what happened to you is terrible like i don't wish that on anybody but it's been like six seven eight months since it happened Mm -hmm. it's time to move on yeah like it's time like it'll that pain's always going to be there but you got to use it for something positive but do they like sometimes they do sometimes they don't that's the thing and when it comes down to this is just you as a friend like you can give somebody advice um whether if you've been through a similar experience whether you haven't um it's just up to that person whatever they're going through is to decide if they're going to do something about it yeah you can lead a horse to water but you you just can't make them drink yeah that's the fucking you can't and that's like i mean that's everything now i mean the world is changing faster than people realize especially with covid and everything Mm -hmm. like the amount of bullshit that you could get away with these past two years so much but now since the world is trying to catch up on itself Mm -hmm. and all these companies realizing all these kids come out of college wondering why they can't get jobs it's because these companies don't want to deal with their bullshit Mm -hmm. it's because they're like okay we get we get it you had your two years 
of all online sh- mm-hmm. bullshit. It sucked. But we've been a year back, almost two years now. Mm-hmm. I think we're actually coming up on two years. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Two years. It's like we got to get back to work. Yeah. So it's like all these companies now, they don't want cats that want to work from home. And I don't blame them. No. I, I don't. I wouldn't want anybody working from home for me. And all. now, like, all it's these college bullshit. kids wondering, like, why can't they get a job? In which in Florida, that's so stupid, man. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many jobs available mm-hmm. right now for, like, recently college graduates or even master students, whatever you are. Mm-hmm. Like, the job market now is hot. Mm-hmm. And if you can't find a job, it's it's not the job problem. It's mm-hmm. a you problem, man. I mean, where do you look for your jobs? Like, So when I market. first started, um, I... I did all the regular bullshit, so like put my resume on Indeed, Glassdoor, like kind of just see if I got any hits on that. Um, but then what really changed is I'm very lucky coming through where we went through high school. Um, we have a lot of good connections through alumni. And I started, before I started contract work, when I did the entry-level position, I was just on a normal job basis. But I got into the mentality where I'd done all the shit jobs. I've done all the minimum wage bullshit. Mm. And after I got done with it, I was like, yeah, I really don't like working for other people. <laughs> so, and then I'm like, what if I do contract work? Mm-hmm. Just because I'm kind of building a basis on myself right now around being a business analyst. What if I just write up a contract, throw it out, see if it gets any hits? And I talked to some family friends um, about it, and they were like, yeah, I got some people that can hire you on. And I went on with them, and uh, it went pretty well. I got through two real estate companies um, working for them, doing requirement analysis. And then that segued into me. I came back, and um, my dad owns a company. He's helped, He needed some help with some stuff he's doing, and I'm still helping him with it right now. So I've kind of been back and forth with his company right now for a while. Um, and then, yeah, and then I had one other uh, company that I worked for, too. So I'm on my, I've done four contracts now, and I'm 23. So it's all about, I mean... The, I'm not gonna lie. The 1099 stuff sucks, mm-hmm. especially with the tax laws right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so like 12% of what I earn goes back to the government. Mm-hmm. So that it's not great. No, that hurts. But there's no like sales tax in Florida or, prop, or property tax, any of that bullshit. Yeah. So or not sales tax. Um, income. Income tax. Yeah. I don't know why I said sales tax. I'm like I bought this fucking coffee and there was sales tax. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you know. Food, but, but yeah, yeah. Dude, it's all about taking calculated risks it's risks that you know you'll have a very good chance of succeeding on Mm. um some of those are going to be risks that are a lot higher than others Mm. but you just got to take that leap sometimes Mm. um i'm not saying taking all the time um you should start slow and do what you know is going to do best at least to set you up in a good position for a little bit Mm. um but you need to segue that into better opportunities and then my advice to anybody that's trying to start their own thing or at least get into contracting their, their own business or whatever you want to do, figure out what you're worth pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, because one, it'll help a lot um, in determining what your value is. And especially if you have work to back that up, mm-hmm. you can go into other companies and you can negotiate prices with them a lot easier than going in having nothing on your resume or not any experience with another company, not having worked on any projects and being like, yeah, you know, pay me $55 an hour. <laughs> And you got jack shit in yeah. terms of what you've done. But if you have a good portfolio with just whatever projects you've worked on, whether that's in college, out of college, stuff you've just done on your own for fun, you get some wiggle room to negotiate with these guys about what you want to earn. And that's for any job. Yeah. That's not that's not just for like an analyst. That's any like entry level position or even not even an entry level position going into like 
a regular position or an upper level position if you have the experience to back it up you can have wiggle room to negotiate oh yeah that's uh, that's one thing i've been learning it's just like i mean one everybody should negotiate regardless like you know a lot of people are scared they're like oh you know they just give me the job they're not gonna hire me if i right. ask for a little more it's like no like they almost ex- they expect you to be like hey no, no no like give me a little more you know right that's, they plan for that but like yeah if if you have something where you're like i know my shit like i can do this and they can see that they don't got to worry about you you're not somebody they got to check up oh does does jake know exactly how to code this is he doing this right you know blah blah if you're like no no no, i've done this before like right. i can do what you you're asking me to do 10 times over right they're like all right like yeah but that also segues into another problem which is the whole mindset the fake it till you make it thing which yeah that that works up to a point yeah it does definitely work up to a point but once they start asking questions mm. that's when people start getting in trouble i think that's kind of like what happened with uh with covid was like everybody was like kind of you know swiping shit under the rug they won't know you know like everything's mm-hmm. online how can they tell kind of thing and then like them coming back after after all covid's done they're like all right well now it's time to to you know go over the stuff we were supposed to go over and everybody's like oh fuck Uh-oh. like we were actually gonna go over that like, yeah really oh, shit because uh, that, that happened to me like i because i had written code for my research and stuff like that and i had to give it to my buddy to like write you know write it better and like do a lot of shit with it and he's going over he's like what is this like well, like i have like bits in there that don't do shit and they've just been sitting there like oh i might use them later and he's looking he's like this code is awful and I'm like, right yeah oopsies yeah. you know and that comes down to just that's going to be an our generation thing mm. forever because you got to look u.s government's never going to shut down the country again they can't afford to no it's stupid no it was the dumbest thing they could have ever done and i think even during like the trump administration they realized that too mm. is it's the economy came to us just a halt yeah and then segueing it into 2022 it just got so much worse mm-hmm just with like all the election drama and then all like i'm sorry people listening if you voted for joe biden i don't know i hope you realize that was a mistake yeah i'm pretty sure most of the people that i have talked to who did vote for him are like why the fuck did i do that yeah well everybody i've heard it's not that they were voting for him they were just voting against trump yeah it was the dumbest thing ever i'm like why would you do that then you're better off just voting not voting for at all i yeah you're just better but off not the, voting but then, at all. then trump wins and then it's like oh well i mean just looking at the two candidates is like right. really like we have 300 million people these are the two fucking idiots that we yeah really have the choice and of? even being like i mean i'm i'm pretty i'm very conservative mm-hmm. um i'm not like as conservative as like some of these cats online are getting about defending trump on everything because mm-hmm. now he's saying a lot of stupid shit yeah like let's be real like, oh yeah he said like oh maybe even the constitution needs to be like yeah repealed. It's, it's like what the fuck are you it's talking like about? okay dude like slow down yeah. a little bit and then you get to segue into you know into 2022 midterms are coming up talking about desantis DeSantis even even thought about, you know, even running for president. He's just worried about getting reelected, which everybody knew he was because oh, he's yeah. running against fucking, who was it, Chris Christie? Yeah, that jackass. Or he that switched jackass. sides. Like, he switched no. si- sides or whatever the f- fuck his name was. And he won by like 13 points. Like, there was no doubt he was getting, especially because he opened up Florida so early. Yeah, everybody loves him here. Like, yeah, no, it's... everybody loves him here. And he's done a lot for like, he caters to, it's so, dude. He's a genius when it comes to the political field because he plays both sides, at least when it comes to stuff that's not heavily morally centered. So, like, I mean, the whole like the the don't say gay quote unquote bill, like, I don't, you know, that wasn't even that was the thing, but like, that was a whole thing. And I looked into that, I'm like, there's no way they're calling it that. And they didn't. Yeah, that was just the minute he came out with that because he was just giving parents the option to see what their kids were learning about. Yeah. 
in public schools, which that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, I like I would so. want to know if I sent my kid into a public institution, what the hell they're teaching my I kid. Want them brainwashing my kid. Yeah, bullshit. and it's kindergarten through third grade. No, yeah, they, like they shouldn't be even talking about. They blew this. it out of proportion. It's oh, like, they yeah, did. It's not. Yeah, you don't need sexual was, stuff for that fucking third here graders. on campus too. There were people protesting outside the library about this thing, and I asked one of these cats. I'm like, Have you even read what this bill says? And ninety percent say no, mm-hmm. or the ten percent that do just there's something really wrong in the head where you if you think it's okay to talk about this with a kindergarten through third grader yeah that's something you that's what you and your shrink no, need to talk about they're gone they're they, <laughs> like there's nothing i can do to help you yeah. like you need jesus at that point yeah no <laughs> but um but yeah no he's he's loved all around i mean the, the playing both sides thing i don't i don't like I no mean, at, don't at least really in terms of um an environmental standpoint, because he's done a lot of stuff with the Everglades in Florida. He just released a bill that will help. Um, I think it was like refurbish them. Like he's spending a boatload of money keeping them like up to date, mm-hmm. especially the hurricane stuff too. He shelled out a lot of money for yeah. people down in the south who needed it. So he's definitely like he has a lot of pull right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you do a good job, whoa, big surprise! It's yeah. like <laughs> who the no. Fuck in terms of fuck? like bigger stuff, like he's. I mean, he's a conservative, so like all the abortion stuff, like he's heavily set on anti-abortion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm conservative. I'm abortion's a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. No go for that. And I think you actually you gave a speech on that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I gave yeah. a speech. I mean, now see that's the problem. Like now, I'm a bit more conflicted, honestly. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, because like just going to college, I heard a lot of like the other side. I mean, like you know. Oh no, I have okay. too. Catholic all boys school, you know, kind of getting. No, we definitely one-sided. did have a bubble, but, um, but I realized that it's just when I was talking to other people about it, and even my buddy's girlfriend, like she's, um, I had a conversation with her about it because she was like interested in what my stance on was it, and I just like told her straight up, I'm like. You can't make you can't right a wrong with another wrong mm-hmm. as the moral is like the no matter what side you stand on, yeah, like that's all aspect of life. Like mm-hmm. you can't right a wrong with another wrong. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make this like podcast about like the abortion argument. Like that could be a completely totally different topic. I mean, but yeah, I, I think that's we could leave it at that. It's like that's something that you need to think about, especially and that's all aspects of life. Mm-hmm. Is there's people try to paint this gray area there's not a lot of gray areas in life i mean i, I would say there's a lot uh, no I would say there's term, a lot of gray no areas what people try to do is they'll be like they'll oh it's choosing the lesser of the two evils mm-hmm. which sure i get that but i think it just comes down to it's just like evil is evil dude like I lesser think, I, I think greater well, like like a lot of these people who are like arguing for it like i think it gets a like confused is the wrong word but people are like oh it's a women's rights issue it's not where they don't even like i no i get it it's like part of it is because like, like okay it. you, you carry the child a baby yes. you're carrying the child, up your yes. body and like but like but it's a it's a human life we're talking I about mean, and that's that's the part where i get a little like like because i i understand yeah like you know women it's, it's a whole thing change your life forever like totally right but if you are killing a baby, you're killing a baby. It's right. like, it's uh, like you're still, yeah. the wrong is still there. Yeah. And I think that fucks with a lot of women's heads because I, I think a lot of women who support the pro-choice thing, they would never get an abortion themselves or they've never been no. put in well, that then, situation. Yeah, they haven't put in that situation. And then when they actually end up do having an abortion, it's like there are effects where it's not oh, like, dude, oh, I'm happy. I, I got I've away been to talks it. with these girls. They're devastated yeah that when they got it they say like the minute it happens they regret doing it mm-hmm. most of them anyway yeah if they're like sick in the head they're like yeah i do it again i'm like like no how is you yeah. as a like let's let's just take a normal human being how on you and your conscience 
and this is a, someone who's completely innocent, do you just snuff out a life like that? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think anybody from a from a psychological standpoint yeah. won't be affected by it, if they're a normal like human being. No, yeah, if you have like any empathy at all, right. like it's definitely like you're not like oh this is nothing. I'm just getting like oh it's just a right. couple of cells. No, they always say it's like it's a lot more. And than they that. they did a lot of the like. You've seen more of the stuff about like Planned Parenthood as an organization has been coming out in recent years, mm. um, and like a lot of the tapes, like the Project Veritas did, which they got. Remember before the Twitter censorship, they were like big on that and like releasing a lot of these. Like um, you remember women coming into the abortion clinics with cameras and like listening to the conversations. No, no. It, what, what what did you hear? Like what? It was just what they were talking about. It's like they have all these lists of what they were doing, like after like when the women had the abortions if the baby was still alive mm. they would leave it out for it to die yeah. it's just so disgusting yeah that, and like what they were doing it's like oh my god dude like that like i said that's a whole nother podcast you could get into and like what we're well, we're, we're kind of segueing off it, but it was just like was say, college life and then after college yeah, life. Yeah, hard to go from partying. But we just brought up, we brought in like the anti-abortion. Like I'm, I'm huge on that. And I think every, everybody does have a right to take a stance on, you know, whatever it is they want. But I think when it comes down to um, human life and especially when you have all these human right activists, mm. I think this is a focal point that people are missing mm. is when you have stuff that happened like, when you have had genocide that's happened all throughout human history, mm-hmm. especially like most recently, like with World War II mm-hmm. and actual like Nazis, you know, the Holocaust did yeah. happen. Yeah. And then you have this where you've killed more than 52 million babies since yeah. Roe v. Wade. So that's five times more mm-hmm. than the Holocaust. I think it's getting to a problem yeah. at that point. Like, yeah, it's got to take a toll. Like, you can't just go and, like, not – you got to pay the piper. Like, no. It's going to come So there is going to be some point, and I, I've had this – and we can segue back into college life and how, like, at least – It's so hard to go from, like, all right, so abortion, done. All right, partying. No, like, yeah. no not even partying. It's, like, a, a big mental health thing in college is, like, what I realized I had missed in that when I was making all those bad decisions was my faith life because mm-hmm. I'd stopped going back to church. Mm-hmm. And for a while, I wasn't going to church. And I just realized, like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, back in high school, like we said, we're surrounded in that bubble, going to church, it's easy. But then when you get out mm-hmm. and you have to do it all on your own, like, you don't realize how hard it is yeah. until you're out of that bubble. And then especially, like, with me, like, doing the partying, like, I've done the drugs, you do all this stuff. And, like, that was just backseat in my mind is going back to church. Mm-hmm. But then, like, when it all comes crashing down on you, I'm like, what's the other consistent thing that I took out of my life besides doing the right thing, going to class, going to work? It was going to church. Mm -hmm. And that was a big anchor point of getting myself fixed was going consistently to weekly mass. I'm trying to go to daily mass now. Mm -hmm. but And that's just me. Like, everybody's going to be different, but you need that anchor point to to get back to where you need to go. Mm -hmm. And that, for me, it was my faith life. Mm -hmm. So definitely in college, like, I would recommend for anybody coming out of a Catholic institution, especially a strong one like Jesuit, Mm -hmm. to stick with it because it'll definitely help you, um, especially with the people that are already in the Catholic Church. Most of them, most of those families are great. Like if you just don't be a pussy and go talk to them like after church and say hi, like you don't have to do a bunch. Like I know people have stuff to do on Sundays. Like Mm -hmm. say hi, introduce yourself. That's all you have to do because then they'll at least remember that. They'll know who you are. He's like, oh, he came up and said hi to me. And that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. And you've already made an impression on that person. Mm -hmm. 
and it could be a consistent thing where you go up and say hi to these people just to get to know them um or you don't you only do it once like every six months but they at least like you know these people now or you've met yeah. them and if you you get to know them enough which is like what's happened with my family is they meet these good strong catholic families and they help them in all aspects of life and business social life mm. mental health so it's just building people that you can rely on and in that and for me it's my faith life mm. so that was, that was something i missed a big part of in college now it's not great here on usf like the catholic student center here is pretty it's pretty bad um and there was also a priest here for a while who was like not great so like it kind of deterred me from coming to mass here so i'd go to mass at different parishes like that were off campus and i don't know how it was at like ucf i know you're not you're not practicing catholic you're no, not catholic no, at all are you no. yeah so no. i don't know how like it was up there i mean catholicism i mean i didn't really touch catholicism at all up there um but i had some friends who were religious and so they had a lot of like faith groups among like student groups mm-hmm. and stuff like that that was more um that's what i'm looking for it starts with a p you know like yeah um, I want to say prostitute. Yeah. That's not right at all. No, um, no. Protestant. <laughs> Protestant. There yeah. you go. Uh, Thinking me. <laughs> you're making me think of that. Was it was the Chris Rock joke about his uh, his political spectrum stance on uh, like if he's conservative versus liberal. He's like when it comes to you know prostitution, I'm liberal. Crime, conservative. It's like <laughs> it's like I think yeah. that's something we could all stand on. Yeah, yeah, we can all agree. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it doesn't even matter. It's like and I'm not pushing like you know become Catholic. That's the message. No, no it's like it's you need to find something where you have a group of people or you have some type of anchor point that can bring you back to reality. Mm-hmm. And whether that's a quick yank back or that's like something that's gradual, you just need to have those people in your life that are going to help yeah. you when you need them to help you. Yeah, because you could have these people around you who are you know fake as shit and like they're just there to like you know they're there with you till the party's over and then you never hear from these cats ever again. Yeah. So whether it's like for my brother, it's the military. For me, it's my faith life. Mm-hmm. Whatever your prerogative is, just have that anchor point when you're going through college. Have those group of people that you can rely on mm-hmm. to talk with if you're having a hard time to go and be with, to hang out, go grab a beer do whatever just to to be be real with them yeah like cut just cut out all the bullshit you don't have to party with them now if you party and they're in your group too that's great that's you know best of both worlds but it's like you need those people who are going to be real with you who are going to tell you how it is who are there to console you when you need it but will also help you get back up when you need it most you need people to call you on your shit right because like yeah a lot of times like uh, and I think it was with COVID a lot, just being isolated, but it's like, you can kind of get caught up in your own stuff a whole lot of like, Oh, I, this, this and that. And like, and you start to believe yourself. Like, um, I, I'm butchering a butchered quote, but it was basically like, you know, you're like the easiest person to lie to. Like mm-hmm. you can lie to yourself cause you'll believe it. You're like, Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that is right. And, and once you have like those real friends who like, it, it doesn't even necessarily, at least in my experience, it doesn't even need to be them being like, hey, Eric, you're being a fucking dumbass right now. It's like, I'm just telling them what I was thinking. And then I'm like, I sound like an idiot. Like, what am I saying right now? Like, I can't believe like these words, like in my head, they sound so smart. But the moment you had to tell them to somebody else, you're like, wow, I am stupid. Like, what, what yeah. the fuck am I doing? No, that's a mentality that will benefit you more often than not is do never assume that you're the smartest dude in the room oh no 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 but that's the thing you say like we say like no 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 that can't happen Mm. it happens 
all the time, mm. especially in college. There's always going to be somebody who thinks they're the smartest in the room, and they could be. Mm. They 100% could be the smartest person in the room. But if you go in there assuming that you're the smartest person in this room or you're the best candidate for this job, mm. more than likely there's 10 or 20 other people who are a lot better than you and know yeah. what they're doing. Oh, I think, yeah, it's, it's not just, like, the, the intelligence thing, but I think it's a lot of things of, like, people like people think they can get away with shit. Like, oh, no, not me. Like, I can go to college. I can I can party hard, and I can I can do all the schoolwork. Or, like, mm-hmm. you know, I can stay up late, and I can still get some, up for some work Some people can do that, but most people, no, no, most people yeah, cannot the, do that. The average person is, like, you know, you can't, like, there's a cost for everything. And, like, you're not going to get one over on the universe. Like, it's right. just not going to fucking work. So no. you gotta you got to pay your dues. you got to fucking do the work. you got to ask the questions. Like, and yeah, right. you're not the smartest guy in the room. And normally the guy who is the smartest is the one who, you know, he's fucking he's asking, suffered. Yeah, like, he's, he's suffering and he's asking the questions. Yeah. And if he doesn't ask the questions, it could be that he already knows those answers. Yeah. But he's still going to ask questions. He's willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Or she's willing to learn, whoever. So, yeah, going into college... Don't rush it, but also don't assume that you know everything. And this could also go into, I mean, this could also be a whole other podcast talk you have, or we talk about it a little bit, is whether or not we're getting to the point where even college education, is, is it worth it anymore? Oh, I think a lot of, like, a lot of degrees are total bullshit. Oh, they're bullshit, dude. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, uh, like easiest example, everybody points to, like, gender studies. Yeah. Like, who th- oh yeah that's the easiest one i'm just but, i mean, I'm just I mean picking that out yeah, because yeah, yeah. It's the easiest one because well, i say that's a very like small fraction but like right. for me it's like but the, business. it's the fact that it's still there oh yeah no okay business is a little bit more complicated because it, it really depends on what you're doing mm. so if i would say communications is really underrated especially for our generation really because people don't know how to communicate with each other because that because if you think of like it, I, i'm talking to you right now like well no no what i'm saying it from an actual employer to employee standpoint Mm. or from a somebody who's providing a product and trying to sell it Mm. especially if you're going into that type of work is do you know how to communicate with a person as a person and sell them that product or are you just going to be that guy who reads from a script Mm. and hope for the best Mm. and i think a big part of that problem is social media Mm-hmm. And the fact that everybody's now has the ability to say like all this shit online, mm-hmm. they've lost that ability to actually walk up to a human being. Because here's we'll call it the the, the college experiment, mm-hmm. and actually no, we'll call it the bar experiment. How many dudes have you seen going to college bars that are actually just going up to a chick and offering to buy her a drink and just have a conversation with her? Oh, no, that's N- not, none. It's all friend groups. Everybody, it's all friend you groups. You go no. with the people you know. You leave with the people right. you know. You so. I mean, personally, that's terrifying. Oh, yeah. No, it's scary. But that's the type of thing you got to think of is in terms of communication Mm. is being able to start up those conversations with a complete stranger because Mm. you got to think about it. It's going to be the same thing if you go into sales and you're talking to, you know, a board of another company, people you don't even know. You have to have the confidence behind what you're talking about. You have to have done research. I mean, and I mean, talking with girls in the same way, you know, Mm. spitting game, but it does come with practice, 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 mm-hmm. and it there's gonna you're gonna fail. Oh yeah, like are you kidding me? I've spit game to tons of girls and it hasn't worked. <laughs> like are you kidding me? It just it happens, but and it sucks in the moment, but you got to move on. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't suck so, forever. Yeah, communication definitely an underrated one. Um, but yeah, you are right. There are a lot of there are a lot of business like 
concentrations that are a little iffy. Like I would say entrepreneurship is definitely up there just because of the people who are teaching about it. Like you go to most college campuses and you talk to these professors mm. who are teaching these entrepreneurship classes. Most of them have never owned a business. Mm -hmm. And it's so it's like, why would you listen to the cat who's never owned a business and then yeah. try to apply his practices to the business you're starting Yeah, when he doesn't even know if these work? Yeah, it's it's – it's ridiculous. Yeah, you think you can read it in a book. No, it's right. Like you can't so, yeah, read that business stuff. So, yeah, business is a little bit of a slippery slope one when it comes to mm -hmm. a, a worthless or a, something well, like, that could be not not useless yeah. degree. But, yeah, there definitely are degrees out there where – Like art degree, it's like yeah. – I mean, like I understand like some things of like studying the classics. Like, okay, if you have like a rigid education of like what is going on, yeah, like an education will help you understand a field. But a lot of these people like – you know, I, I just think to myself, it's like Picasso never went to art school, you know, right. like fucking uh, Dolly didn't go to art school. Like, right. you know, you can't teach talent. Right. And you, you, there's uses for art. Like you need people to make graphics and shit like that. Like art is everywhere. You need something that's visually attractive mm -hmm. or like sounds good and stuff like that. Uh, but I think a lot of people are like being sold the, oh, you want your dream? Go to school for your dream. Oh, no, it's that's, super easy. That's definitely a, that's. Yeah, the, what they're being sold on is because they, that used to be like when you think about our parents growing up is like going to college used to be like, it was a big thing. Mm. Now it's like it's easy. It's to get into. easy to get into college. Now. I mean, like, you can go anywhere, even online. Like there are online colleges that you'll get a degree from. I heard it's like it's like 40 percent of our generation is going to college. And like it, it, in the U.S. overall, it's like 30 percent of people have graduated college. So like most people haven't. Yeah, I believe that because oh. I mean, the statistic right now is um, most college dropouts happen between freshman and sophomore year before they're even getting into their colleges and i think the number when we first started so back in like 2018 2019 it was around 60 65 percent and it's probably gone up since then holy shit so yeah that's the amount of dropouts like just across the u.s dropping yeah. out of college so yeah i believe that the 30 40 percent graduating that that makes sense but it is it's like yeah i think um and like you were saying like competitiveness of education i don't think education is competitive western at, all. at least in terms of western civilization at least in america like compared to what all these like just being able to talk with these people from Dubai and the people that I've worked with and saying they're working for about I mean USD conversion after their you know currency rate only about 20 grand a year and they've got three or four advanced degrees yeah but they do work that's a thousand times better than any American can do mm -hmm. but you know 20 grand over there could be worth it's like could be 80 or 90 grand over here yeah. so I don't, I don't know. But well, they, they make good money. But in yeah. terms of like, that's why all these companies now are going overseas because they're realizing that now is because just because you have this degree in something, it doesn't mean you're going to be great at no. it. Because it's not, yeah, it doesn't, it's, they've cheapened the degree. They've sold it to everybody. They're like, once you have the reputation, right. like, we're just going to print money yeah. with this. Like, give yeah. everybody a piece of paper. And that's the problem with it's. It was very apparent with the millennials because that's what, that's what most of the workforce is now. It's millennials. They were all taught. And I mean, this comes from having a, you know, a brother who is a millennial and being surrounded by the people he was and what they're doing now and seeing what they're doing now. They all think they're this special little snowflake mm -hmm. that they could do whatever they want and they're the only one who can do it. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case because there's always going to be 20 or 30 people behind you that are yeah. know what they're doing. They can do the job better than you or companies are going to take the job you're doing and mm -hmm. go overseas and hire somebody yeah. for... 20th of the cost who's going to do it you know give you a they'll say we need this in two weeks and they'll give it to them in a week yeah so. yeah no like especially because i have a lot of foreign people in my lab and like 
these motherfuckers, they work. Like, my professor is like, yeah, I would just sleep at the lab, like, three days out of the week, and I would just live off energy drinks, and I'd be there all the time just processing data. It's because that's how they're raised. Yeah, and, and they don't... It, I mean, my God, they underpay them, like, insane. Like, mm-hmm. grad students here, like, there's a reason why you see so few American grads. Like, it's basically free to get a PhD in the U.S., but nobody's getting them because they don't pay you shit, and they're not going to – like, it's an awful way. Like, you're not going to make money doing that shit. So, like, a lot of foreigners come over here, and it's really competitive to get in because it's America, and then they come here, and they pay them dick, and it's like, well, if you want your citizenship, you know <laughs> – this is what you got to do. You got to get your PhD here. Right. And so we're just using this like super undervalued labor yeah. as like, yeah, fucking do all our work for us. Well, they don't even have to even go that far anymore because of everything's online now. They can just say, yeah, we don't need you to come to America. We'll just, you know, we'll we'll go the extra mile to, you know, get a bank account over whether it's in Dubai, Europe, wherever. Yeah. And we'll just pay you from here. And to, yeah. and they'll do, they, they do it. They do much better jobs than oh, Americans. Yeah. And they companies don't have to worry about that overhead where it's like they don't get the same benefits they don't have to worry about that if you're a woman they don't have to worry about your maternity leave yeah so it's like they just pay them and that's it well, i think also like because I, I don't think it's even necessarily just the college thing like i think there was some of it in our high school and like you know we went to a good school mm-hmm. but there were definitely times where like i'm like this class is like this is supposed to be the hard class this is so fucking easy like, yeah like you're giving us all these curves which is like you know, curvy to me is kind of bullshit anyways. Like, you get the grade you get. Like, there's no, like, you either know it or you don't. What is this, like, kind of raising the grade right. for no reason? Just because everybody did bad? Oh, well, the test was too hard. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. that's not how that works. No. Yeah, it, it definitely needs to be a little bit more strict. Um, but that's just something that's going to come down to. Um, that's two different talks. You have to have it with two different types of institutions at a public and a private level. Mm-hmm. So, like, with our school being private, that's a board conversation for them. Whereas versus a public school, they have to actually go through the government and, like, have all these teacher union meetings about, like, the curriculum and many, many more hoops that they would have to jump through to, like, actually do something like that. Well, I think, like, it goes to, like, just the fact that they're underpaid. It's like, you know. Yeah, dude. It's ridiculous. Which, I mean, but I stand by this. And, I mean, we got a friend. We got friends that work in government now. But it's like. If you got a, somebody in Congress making six figures a year, why is that public school teacher making, you know, 30, 40 grand a yeah. year? What's going on here? Yeah. They're both public servants. That's their. I mean, a lot of congressmen argue, or a lot of people argue that, like, they don't even pay congressmen enough because it's like, you know, why they're getting all these, like, stock buybacks, like, yeah. you know, all this revolving door bullshit and, like, money from lobbyists. It's like, well, you know, it's because you're not paying them enough here. And, like, you know, arguing that right. congressmen should get paid more, it's like, <laughs> that's pretty yeah. fucking unpopular. No. Um, but, yeah, like, just looking at, like, teachers is like, you know these they work way more than 40 hours a week they're mm-hmm. fucking teaching our children and you're paying them like barely a living wage at all like 30 yeah. grand or something like that like well it depends on it it's varies from district to district but yeah depending on the size of the schools and how many kids are in the institution and but. then i've heard they're also getting rid of older teachers because they have to pay them more so now it's yeah, like you have, tenure and all that kind but, of stuff but you have a bunch of these teachers who are brand new they're not getting paid shit and they're not even educated enough or have right. enough experience to really know how well, to I teach think that's where we're gonna have kind of a drop off because of the covid situation um because people aren't oh yeah people aren't gonna know what they're doing well they were like yeah it was like almost impossible to fail anybody so it's like so many people passed grades and passed classes where it's like you had no business right passing like you should have failed and like you know it's not like oh yeah you know fuck you like Mm -hmm. yeah get back to third grade but like no you can't you can't just let them go and give them a degree that says they're you know 
they know something that they don't like right. that's just not how it's supposed to work yeah it's it's fun i mean i don't know there's a whole lot of fucking i i mean i think you know we can go to america in general but like i think we've kind of started nah, that's to a that's a whole nother podcast yeah we started to get fucking that's like getting your moral talk like that's getting in down to like we'd have to do research for like statistics of what's going on in the country right now yeah. that's like a whole thing we'd have to prepare for I mean, ugh, preparation. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess start looking. No, some we'll of these... keep it in general. Just what's going on, like to expect out of college. And yeah, we haven't even got. So, like, what is what is your lay of the land for that kind of like? So, what's your advice? Advice for anybody that's about to get out. I mean, I'm about to get out, but I've kind of already put myself in a situation where I'm not too worried about finding a job. Mm. Um, it's get experience. Mm. It comes down to that. Just go get experience. It doesn't matter. Um, don't get unpaid experience um i think that's a pitfall that you know a lot of college students fall into is they think that you know if they work for a huge company and it's unpaid that they're somehow doing themselves a service just by working for them which it could be Mm -hmm. depending on the company but that's a long time without a paycheck man Mm -hmm. especially if you're you know i'm off the nut like so my folks don't pay for anything anymore. Off the nut? Yeah. <laughs> Is it, okay. Just... Or out of the nest, whatever you okay. want to call it. I've never, I've never, like, I'm thinking like off the nip or something no, like that. Okay, but, whatever you want to call but, it. But... Like, <laughs> oh, anyways, anyways. But yeah, but, like. Yeah, so I would just, junior year is probably, even if you want to start earlier, sophomore year, if you can get away with it, like second semester, go for it. But definitely summer going into junior year or even summer going into senior year are the two biggest probably time spans in somebody's college career. And that's finding what you want to do or getting a semblance of an idea of what you want to do. So that's going to get an internship. That's going to work. That's getting, you know, if you're a med student, getting those clinical hours, putting in the time, the effort, um, it's just, you gotta, you gotta go work. That's the moral of the story is you can't, because I've known med students who they graduate with like a, a biomed degree or whatever, but then they take the MCAT and they got no clinical hours. Mm. It's like you get in interviews, like they're not going to let you in. Yeah. Like, no. are you kidding me? Cause there's like 50 other people that have like 300, 400 clinical hours <laughs> and you expect to get in. Like, I don't, they probably like, if you get a perfect MCAT score, which is really rare. Yeah. But even then, if they look at you and you're like, why didn't you do clinical hours? Yeah. Like, where's the work? Like, okay. Like, yeah. D- passing the MCAT, that's a huge accomplishment, but there's other stuff. Yeah, that's and not that, like the real knowledge. Right, that's not the real knowledge. Well, it, it probably is uh, most it, of the real knowledge. The technical I'm not knowledge. A med, I'm not a med student. But, like, you know, the experience of it, right. dealing with patients you, you alone. You just, you need to get the experience is the moral of the story. And I would I would try to do your best to make sure it's paid experience, um, especially if you're paying your own bills. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, there's those rare occasions where if you're working for that type of company where you know if it's just getting your foot in the door and then you'll be set up once you get out of college mm-hmm. and you can afford to do that, go for it. Mm-hmm. But for most people's cases, that's not how it works. So just get the experience. Mm-hmm. Go apply for a job. Get out of your comfort zone. Go go to those interviews. Just be honest with what you're looking for because that's all employers are looking for. And they're, they want to take people in that are willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Not the dude who... You know, it's just nonchalantly looking for a job, thinking they're going to get it. Just in those interviews, just show that you want to learn mm-hmm. and that you're willing to put in the work to do that. Because mm-hmm. it could it could be really good or, you know, it could be a dud. Mm-hmm. But you you never know unless you try it. Like, you, you can't win if you don't play the game. Yeah. yeah. So you got to play. 
Yeah, and you got to play hard. Yeah, you got to juice it for all it's worth. Yeah, you got to, and it's. I was talking with uh, a good friend's dad. He said, like, especially because he did contract work. He's like, the first, like, if you do want to go down this route, the first five to like seven years of your life are going to be complete hell, <laughs> because it's just nonstop work. It's work, 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 mm-hmm. and until you're basically you're dead tired. Mm-hmm. And but I mean, you could. Say that for every other job too. It's like you have to just you have to you have to go work. Mm. You have to just. I mean, stop being a pussy. <laughs> I mean, I think that's that's good. Like you're you're at least talking to you. I'm like, oh, we're not so fucked. You know, it's like no, like we have people out there who like recognize the fact that like no, not everything's for free. Not everything's given to you. Like, right. No, you got to pay. Your and there's definitely dues. those people who. I mean, especially like being in greek life like i've been surrounded by a lot of those people who are given everything in life um and it's very easy for them and you know i say if you have a parent in that situation good for you i'm not gonna dog on you and say oh it's unfair it's like dude you're dealt a hand in life it's up to you how you want to play it yeah like it's all on you yeah there are plenty of people just because there's a just because there's a cat whose parents make you know 50 million 100 million even five six million dollars a year whatever they make and they spoil the fuck out of their kids you have to get out of this mindset. It's it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. They have it so easy. Go work. Put in the work. Mm. Like, just go out. Fuck this kid. Mm. Like, be. I I say that to people like because there's there was this one kid in our fraternity who just got his family super rich. Mm. Um, never has to work a day in his life, which is great, man. Like your family worked really hard. They did that for you to give you these connections. Go for it. Mm. I don't care. Now when it. It gets a little wishy-washy when those type of people try to talk to people that don't have that same situation and make it seem like they're, you know, normal people, which yeah. they're not. Yeah. So, but yeah, if you're not in that situation where, you know, your folks aren't paying for anything, or you have to work. Like, it's going to be hard. It's going to suck. You have to go through the mud like everybody else. Mm-hmm. But it's just about those who want to get out of the mud. I think that gives you like an advantage, really. Like the fact that you're oh, like, if you want to get out, suffered. you can get out. It's it completely possible to get out. Well, like, like, like me, I I got a DUI, yeah. like I got arrested. I was at the lowest point of my life. I could have just been a bum. Mm. Like after I got it, so like, well, fuck it. I already got arrested once. Might as well keep fucking up and doing the same shit. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's people that are like that. Mm-hmm. But no, you have to realize you have to just even if. You, Life's going to throw a lot of punches. And this is something my dad told me, and I live by the statement every day. Life's going to throw you a lot of punches. It's how you take those punches is what's going to set you apart from everybody else. It's if you're punched, because life's going to punch you, and they're not going to be fair punches. You're going to get punched in the dick. You're going to get punched in the balls. You'll be punched in the face. It's going to suck. There's going to be a lot more sucks than there are like, oh, this is great. But it's how you take that and you turn that and to something negative into something positive like how can i learn from this experience how can i fuel it to be driven to be the best person that i can be and to set myself above people that are around me mm-hmm. it's those type of people that you're seeing that make that do well in life and that doing well in life and i think this is something that needs to get out of the heads of like what we have like probably hearing and you've heard the same thing is like oh i gotta i gotta be a millionaire i have to mm-hmm. it's like dude you don't like being a millionaire might not be what makes you happy in life. But like being happy in life could be like those construction workers doing what they need to do to provide for their family. Mm-hmm. And you won't know that until your situation changes, mm-hmm. whether that's starting a family or you're single or you like you give your money to charity. It's like money isn't everything. Mm-hmm. And the people that always, you know, they're like money, 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 money. I need the money. 
they end up not being happy and they hate their lives. Yeah. And that's something if you figure out early and you just do what you need to do, the money's going to be there. Mm. And that's what you need to focus on is it'll come if you work hard. Yeah. But that shouldn't be why you're doing it. Yeah. You, that's yeah. That's the wrong thing to chase. That's the wrong thing to chase. Yeah. Because it just leads down a life of just absolute misery. Yeah. I've been to plenty of talks where there have been guys who've started multi-million dollar companies and they, all they cared about was making a ton of money. They ended up alone in their lives. Like they, at, they look it back and like, where'd all the time go that I could have done something good, whether that's doing charity work, whether that's going out with friends. It's like, you do have to work hard, yes. And that comes back to what I was saying is, there's a work-life balance that you have to figure out mm-hmm. because you need to separate your work from your actual life. Mm-hmm. Because if the, when you figure that out and when you're able to do that, because there's, there could be a time where you have five, six years where it's just work, 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 mm-hmm. but you're gonna burn yourself out if you do that your entire life. Yeah. And I mean, I noticed that too, because last year I was working probably around 45, 50 hours a week even sometimes up to 60 hours a week and i was just like dude i'm tired just all the time like i don't want to do anything yeah and like i'd have friends that go out want to go out be like no <laughs> and so like then i missed that social part of my life that i was missing because of work yeah it's like what are you making all the money for right you can't enjoy it right so now i only work monday through fridays now mm-hmm. and i even tell my employers that i'm like i'm not working on weekends for you mm-hmm. so it's finding that work-life balance and just it comes down to if you want to stay in the mud, stay in the mud. Otherwise, what's stopping you from getting out? Yeah. So yeah. we've got about. Uh, well, we. I mean, we're only at two thirty. Yeah. Um, the thing is, we only have this room till three. I don't think anybody's gonna come. No, probably not. We can just milk it. Uh, so if you want to do, like, if you want to do like rapid fire questions for the last like. Well, because like we didn't even like the uh, ladies and gentlemen. The intent was like, what is the party scene like? What is the party knowledge? I right. mean, I mean, we got you know, we got some good stuff. This is a lot better than. Okay. It, it, I mean, you know, anybody can figure out. Oh yeah, go drink and blah blah blah. Do right. Buy girls drinks. Blah blah blah. But like you know, this is the this is the good this is the juicy. This is the juicy. This is the good. You shit. want the this juice? Is, this is like the the you know the stuff that people need. Yeah. At least I I mean like it's a little presumptuous. People need to listen to this. But like no, but but like this is the like these are the conversations that need to be had. Right. People need to understand that like okay one we're not fucked because I think a lot of people assume like oh the young generation like they're a bunch of fucking idiots like no we're not fucking stupid. Um, no, we kind of are. Oh, yeah, we're stupid in our special way. But, like, we're not total, like... No, we're not idiots. You know. There are a lot of idiots, but there's yeah. a good chunk that aren't. But I think it's good just to, like, to let people know... Because I don't, you know... It's something that maybe people haven't learned yet. Right. Like, oh, maybe I should... Like, if I just do the work, like, that'll pay off. Or, like, you know, yeah, you don't have to grind and, right. and, and, and spend your life... And the grind might not money. always pay off, but you just... That's the risk you got to take, man. Yeah. And, and but some people they just don't like they don't understand it or they're so like lost in whatever they're thinking about they're like oh I don't know or like mm-hmm. I don't like there's certain things where it's like if I'd heard this you know ten years ago like especially you know to get the fucking internships you know junior year senior year of college before you go out in the real world because that's what matters like if I had heard this years ago like that would have helped me like right fuck yeah because nobody told us that yeah I mean like. <laughs> I mean, maybe they told me, but <laughs> no, I, I wasn't told uh, that. I was just told. I was drilled in my head. It's like, oh, you need a good SAT, ACT store to get in college. That was it. I mean, yeah, that but, was it. But they but, didn't even get down the line of like what you need to do later on. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's true. But but like, yeah, I expected you know coming out of college, just like, oh, you get a degree, you get a job. But it's like nope. that's not no, not know. guaranteed. Anybody can get a degree. Well, you know, not anybody. But like, it's a lot easier than somebody who actually knows what they're doing because right. that's that's something that like people will pay extra for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
All right. So, but, yeah. you want to get Anyways. into the, the nitty-gritty of the party life. I mean, we could talk that, about that, that a little bit. Okay. So, yeah. First question. Like, okay. Buy a girl a drink. That is something where I'm like, I am wasting money, period. Like, this is this is a waste of money. Well, see, that's the thing is... It's a it's a risk that you got to be willing to take sometimes, especially if the girl's really good looking, because it's a segue. If she mm. says yes, mm. you're already halfway there. You're already halfway you're there. You're already really? halfway there, because that means she could easily. If she says no, it's over. Mm. You're done. Mm. But it's like if you go up, you introduce yourself, and you're confident enough to say, "Hey, can I buy you a drink? Like, I'd love to be able to buy you a drink and get to know you a little bit. Let's talk for a little bit. Mm. Doesn't have to be a long time. I just want to, you know, talk with you." Let's let's get a drink, mm-hmm. and you could want I, like most of the time it's because I want a drink too. Yeah, and I'm like fuck it, let's get it, let's find a hot girl to do this with. Yeah, yeah. So and it's realizing that like you're you got it's gonna be like depending on what you buy because you have the choice in this of what you buy. You can ask them what they want, mm-hmm. and if you're going to college bars, most of the time it's gonna be like normal drinks like a vodka soda, yeah. whatever, and that helps. But there are the girls out there who will ask for like the expensive shit. And then you just got to put your foot down and say, no, nah, sorry, I ain't buying you that. Yeah. But I would still, I'll still buy you like a drink if you'd like me to. Mm-hmm. And that's just a risk you got to take. Yeah. That's like something like, I mean, you don't always, the buy the drink is just my go-to because it's the easiest one to start a conversation. Because mm-hmm. one, you have to ask, that already breaks the ice. Mm-hmm. Then you go up to the bar, have to wait so you can talk about whatever you need to do mm-hmm. to talk with her, see if she likes you, make her laugh. Goal is if you make the chick laugh. You're you're already seventy five percent of the way there. Yeah. Right? You make her laugh. She says yes to the drink. Fifty percent. You make her laugh with some dunk. Cause dude, you could say some stupid shit. No, Just like, pull it out of your ass. And if they <laughs> laugh at it, you know you're in. Because there have been times where I'll say the dumbest fucking things ever, and I'm just like thinking like that worked. <laughs> but like to me, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go up. I'm gonna buy this girl a drink. She's gonna take this drink, and we're gonna have like a weird, like slight conversation. Oh, what do you do? This, this, that. Like, don't the even get there. Seems so important. Don't even. What do you do? What do you study? No. Ask something that's ac- actually be fun to talk about. Like what? Like what do you? What do you? What, what do so you like usually to? this is a this is a a hard one, but like my go to used to be because I was known around. I was a jeed slayer. The Jeed Slayer. Yeah. So I would not I would not talk to sorority girls because I didn't want all the emotional baggage that came with it. But I would go talk to these girls. The first thing I would ask is, like, are you in a sorority? And they're like, no, I'm not. And I'd be like, thank God. Like, And then i make this big deal about it and, like, just be like, oh, my gosh, you have no idea, like, how hot that is that you're not in one or whatever. Just all this bullshit, dude. And it just makes them feel better about themselves that they didn't because most, most girls in college have thought about rushing a sorority mm-hmm. at least the, the very good looking ones and they probably have been approached by girls from sororities trying to get them to do it mm-hmm. and so when they don't do it that's something to talk about and you can say ways like oh why did you not want to do that mm-hmm. they might open up a little bit at it, say why they might say like, oh i just didn't want to and then you can segue out that different conversations depending on what they say mm-hmm. so you just have to find you have to you have to find a way to get them to open up. I mean, do you use the same line, like, kind of over oh, and you over? Can. over like, but, like, if I get bored, I'll just start spitting bullshit. Yeah, but I'm, like, I mean, I've like, gone up to girls, like, when I'm drunk sometimes, they'll be like, fuck, you're hot. And they're like, thank you. And it worked. <laughs> and I'm going home with the girl. Because like, in my head, I always assume it's like, it's like, okay, you can't compliment them. They get that all the time. Like, they're just going to be like, nah, yeah, yeah, that, no shit. That's bullshit. They're just, like, no, you, you compliment just say, them. They're just like, say oh my God. Just say it. Like, who, because who cares, man? Yeah. Like, that. You as soon as you get out of the mentality that like what you sh- you're gonna say now don't be an idiot mm. like don't say some really stupid shit that'll get you in trouble but 
once you realize it's like if you're just going out just to have a drink and have a good time most of these girls are doing the same thing mm-hmm. and just just say some just say something funny yeah if you say something funny you're like if, even if, if that's the first thing you say they're already gonna more than likely be interested yeah because they're like wow this guy seems like a good time maybe talking to him isn't a bad idea I mean, yeah, because girls i'm sure just that want to have fun that's the they that's just want to have fun <laughs> and if she's probably had dudes come up to her and like that try to be serious and she might not want that or she might not want that that's kind of the game you have to play and you have to figure out but the problem is you only got like 10 minutes to figure this out mm. and so once you get to the point where you kind of pick up on the cues of what they want to talk about um and that just comes from what they want to talk about because mm-hmm. if you get the conversation going that's kind of the biggest thing if you can just get it rolling mm-hmm. they'll start talking to you like it's nothing mm-hmm. especially if you find something that they're interested about so for some girls it could be their degree mm-hmm. that's always usually a safe bet if you're in college talk about you know what you're studying why you're studying it what do you want to do with it mm-hmm. now the problem about that is if you're talking to a freshman girl and mm-hmm. they have no idea what they want to do then that conversation kind of becomes a little harder than it needs to be. I'm also thinking like in real life, you know. Like, yeah, in real life too. Oh, if you're going just out to bars, dude, that that segues into oh, what do you do? Mm. Where do you work? Why do you work there? Is it fun working there? Tell me about what your workday life is. Mm-hmm. And if they don't want to talk about workday life, be like, oh, what are you into? What music are you into? Do you go to festivals, dude? Festivals, huge, huge selling point yeah. in Florida. If you say you go to festivals, you don't even have to go to festivals. <laughs> you just fucking lie about it. The girl already likes you. Like ninety percent of girls, they love festivals. Yeah, that's so. Like, I see it all the time. Like, like anybody Asian listening, if you like, don't go to a festival, bring up SMF. Mm. Just bring that up, and the girl will talk to you about Have it. Have you ever been to SMF? I was like, just say it's a here's it's a Raymond James. Mm. It's in the summer. Mm. They play ADM. Boom, boom. You would know the whole thing. You'll know the whole thing. <laughs> the you whole talk story. to them. They'll you could talk, they'll talk your ear off for like an hour and a half about who's like what sets played, what they did, who they saw. Mm. There's just you just have to find. It's just about finding good conversation starters, man, because mm-hmm. I think that's step one, and that is hard to do. There are ways around that that are really easy. It's like going out with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always going to be that either one guy or one girl that you've met who will introduce you to their friends. Definitely take advantage of that. Talk to as many people as you can. But it becomes a slippery slope when you want to fuck mm. um, because then the grapevines start happening. <laughs> Yeah, you said they, they talk. They, they, so the problem with one of the, the more prominent problems about story girls is if you fuck one of them, they're, every single one of them is going to know. Like all their friends are going to know. They're going to talk. They're going to say how it was. The grapevine is just unreal. Mm-hmm. See, the great thing about Jeeds is nobody knows who the fuck these chicks are. <laughs> so it's like you go out and you know have a one-night stand, having a rough night, whatever. Mm. Nobody's going to know who this girl is. <laughs> and you don't know who her friends are, so you don't care. <laughs> so That's the, the private tab. You delete it, it's gone forever. You never and see then, this like, girl I was, at, I was at an issue with like the sorority girl thing because it's like I have dudes that I know. It's like I talk to a girl and it's like, man, I know so-and-so just fucked you like yesterday. Like I really don't want to talk to you. Mm. Like, you're hot and everything, but, like, I already know you get, like, seven or eight bodies just from dudes I know. Oh, okay. And so I, that's kind of an issue for me. Like, some guys don't give a shit about that. Mm. But, like, I, yeah, if yeah. I know the dude that's fucked you, yeah, I'm it's, not touching It's you. a little weird. It's a little weird. Yeah. So definitely, depending on what you're going to do, because you, if you do rush, and you probably notice that, too, the partying, like, meeting girls, it's a lot easier. I mean, yeah, that's, like, basically what it's for. Yeah, that's basically you know? what it's for. So if you do rush, you will meet plenty of girls um it just comes down to you just gotta be careful about what you want i mean there are guys i'm not big on 
like the platonic relationship between a man and a woman, mm-hmm. I think it's a lot harder than people make it out to be. Mm-hmm. And it can be faked really easily mm-hmm. um, because like that girl who says like, oh yeah, I love this one guy and like all his friends. It's like that dude and his friends could be thinking, wow, I really just want to bang this chick. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not really platonic in that sense. Yeah. It's like, they're just doing it to hopefully get in your pants, which is why like, I'm kind of, iffy about that whole mindset of like just having fake. just because it can be fake so easily like i'm sure there are genuine relationships with a guy and a girl where they have that type they're just friends yeah and they will always just be friends but it's so hard to find <laughs> like it's so rare i mean you just, it's like just doing the math it's like you it's know, like it's dude like, you the, bored like i'm bored it's like we're guys it's like at least like the by the time you're walking up to a girl and if there are any ladies walking like listening to this i'm sorry but the, we're dudes the first thing we're gonna look at is your ass or your tits mm. and from that and then we look at the face and it's like ooh, she's got it all time to get busy yeah it's like if you don't look good i'm not gonna talk to you yeah like, that's just what it is like, and that's the thing that i I don't think people realize is physical attraction and um, emotional attraction, at least in terms of a personality standpoint, it's about a 50, 50 split Mm. because you got to think if you're depending on what your goals are in college, if you're there just to, you know, fuck around, have a good time, which I mean, I did, I kind of regret doing it Mm. because it leads to a lot of trouble and just, it's not as fun after you're done than in the moment. Mm. And you kind of realize how much of a piece of shit you are kind of being mm. by doing this. Just because, like, you're, like, lying to them or, like, you're... Well, like- yeah, there's a lot of lies you have to tell, especially when, you know, your body count gets high. Mm. Um, the amount of girls that you get with, you have to start being careful because they'll start seeing each other around, especially if they go to the same bars. Mm. You have to act sometimes like you don't know a girl or you've never seen them. Mm. Um, it just becomes more and more problems that stack up as you keep yeah. doing it. And then it, I'm sure it's even worse in, like, Greek life if you try to do it with sorority girls. Mm-hmm. But I think you should know what you want to do. If you're dating, to just date and see what's out there, mm-hmm. um, definitely date around. I encourage that for a lot of people. Don't just put all your eggs in one basket early on. I think a lot of dudes make that mistake. Their freshman year of college is thinking, oh, i got to get a girlfriend mm-hmm. immediately. It's like, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you're an 18, 19-year-old kid or however, I mean, if you're that age range, 18, 19 year old, you should be dating around, just seeing what's out there, seeing what you like, mm. fool around a little bit if you want to. I mean, I don't recommend it because of what can happen. Um, oh, yeah. But people do it anyway. So I mean, that's the, something where, like, I've, I've been with some of these girls and I was like, oh my God, if I got you pregnant, like, that would have been. Awful. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a huge like, thing. I mean, my big thing is, I mean, when I was doing it, like, it's just, I would have rules. It's like, never do it without a condom, mm. ever. So. But now, like, I am got to the point where I'm getting out of college. Like, I'm, I'm still going on dates with girls, but I'm I'm dating for marriage, mm-hmm. like, at this point. Yeah. Like, I've been around the block. I know what I've seen. I know all the red flags that I pick up on now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a while to get to that point for some people. It, it definitely did for me, um, mainly because, like, when I got a je- out of Jesu- Jesuit, it was like, damn, yeah. there's a lot of hot girls Look here. Look at them all, yeah. Like, look at them all. It's, it's like, <laughs> pick one of you yeah. and you. It's like... It, <laughs> It's like a grocery store and all these options. Yeah, you want to try all the flavors. I want to try all the flavors. <laughs> but um, I think, yeah, like definitely, at least for me, it was, yeah, freshman year, I was like, oh, you know, like got to give me a girlfriend. And then I'm sitting here and I was like, is this who I'm going to end up with for the rest right. of my life? And it's like, like no, no, don't, dude, no. Don't like, buy into that fantasy that you need to be in a rush when dating. Um, definitely when you get to that point, um, 
you should know what you want. I think by the time you're out of college, if you're not dating anybody, you should definitely have an idea of the type of girl you want. But yeah, freshman, sophomore year, date around, have fun. I think it's like you don't even realize, like, because if, if you're just in it, you're like, oh, this is as good as it gets. Like, especially for a lot of dudes who haven't dated a lot of people. Like, if you, like, because, you know, going from, like, one girl to the next, it was like, oh, it can get this good? Like, mm-hmm. I thought that was, like, I was like, oh, this is as good as it gets. This no. is kind of okay. And definitely, um, even if you don't do go the whole, like, sleep around, and if you just um, just date, trade up, man. Because mm. we realize if um, you get more confident, especially in the girls you talk to, mm-hmm. you'll notice a trend. They'll either become you know, more better looking or their personalities will get a lot better. It's because you've already seen what some girls have to offer and you want to, you want to do better. Or if you think you found a girl that you really like and want to date for a certain time period, see how it goes. Um, I think the benchmark for that kind of stuff, I I say it, it's six months Mm -hmm. is kind of start asking yourself if you're dating a girl for six months, ask where it's going. Mm -hmm. Um, especially in college. Cause I mean, don't waste your time. Like if you can't answer that question after six months, it's like, am I, do I see myself like with this chick for the rest of my life mm-hmm. and you're six months in and you can't answer that? Um, maybe go a year and see what happens. But after a year, I'd say if you're not asking that question, then what are you doing? Yeah. Like you're just wasting your time at this point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely freshman, sophomore year, date around, just get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be uncomfortable all the time, dude. Because it's not always going to work. Yeah. And you have to accept that is if you go out looking, you know, for poontang, you're not always <laughs> going to get the poontang. <laughs> oh, yeah. They say you're getting lucky for a reason. Like, yeah. Uh, so, and there are going to be more guys who, they're dudes who are going to be better looking than you. There are dudes going to be richer than you, dudes who are more jacked than you. It's like, especially in Florida, like, there's competition. Mm. And you have to do whatever you can to, you know, make yourself stand out a little bit and yeah. that could be just going up and talking to the chick because i've seen some ripped like good looking dudes who just don't talk to chicks mm-hmm. and i see there are chicks that fawn over them and like want them to go talk and they just don't go talk to them mm-hmm. and that could be because they're dating but then there's some of them i know that aren't dating and they just don't they don't have that social yeah. connection yeah they're scared or they don't know what to do they don't know what like, to do yeah, no, I think, like, I was, and I was talking with one guy on the last podcast, it was like, it, it now, especially with, like, how unsocial people have gotten, like, just the ability to just walk up and talk to somebody yeah. is so much more of an advantage than it used to be. It's like, right. what, you're talking to me? Like, oh, my right, God. Right, because they're not used to that anymore. Yeah. So, it really just depends on what you want to do, at least from a dating standpoint, or, if, I mean, from a fooling around standpoint, like I said, whatever your prerogative is, um, there's a lot of risks from whatever you do, mm-hmm. um, it's a, a much smarter to just go down the dating route um, and just you know take a girl out either. And that's the thing, guys think taking a girl out on a date it has to be like this expensive dinner, dude. No, it doesn't. Make it fun. Mm-hmm. Like go out. You could like go bowling, go to like Amso, like walk around, go to a mall. Like, it doesn't have to be this expensive thing. Yeah, no. Like, for me, like, some of my best dates are just, like, going somewhere and just, like, walking around and, right. like, talking. and just talking. Just go to somewhere where you can talk. Like, my biggest, like, no-goes for first date, and you probably heard this too, movies. Mm. Movies are terrible first date ideas. Well, I've heard, like, some people are like, oh, watch the movie, and then if you go eat afterwards, you'll at least have the movie to talk about. Right. Which, like, I see that, but, yeah, like, I want to understand your personality. Right. I don't just want to sit next to a stranger No, I'm not sitting hours. next to a stranger for three hours. Plus, like, you could get a lot done in the three hours, you know, talking at a dinner or just walking around, going bowling, doing whatever the hell it is you want to do, going to a baseball game, whatever. 
Yeah. So it's like it doesn't matter. It's just figure. It's just you. It goes back to what we were saying about it's work. Mm-hmm. It's, it's work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to put the effort in, but like eventually, yeah, you'll get get a good one. It's going to be worth it. But yeah. Um, no, but there's definitely in college you'll have opportunities for a lot of crazy, stupid shit. Is there anything where it's like don't fall into this trap of like uh, like okay, going to the bars like all the time kind of thing or like you know like I don't know like pregame you know that that'll save you a whole lot of money just show up. Oh, drunk. it does. Yeah, pregaming definitely helps you a lot, um, at least in terms of a money standpoint. Uh, you don't always have to do it. I mean, if you got the cash flow, definitely go for it. Buy drinks, whatever you want to do. But pregames definitely a college hack that everybody does i mean what is like the 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 club layout i know you like you go around tampa so you know the places so there's not really a club life in tampa and not not huge i mean like, it is what do down you consider like consider a club e- to be so ebor ebor would probably be the only club like area that i would consider to be at least in the tampa greater tampa bay area um because but, but like a club for you is like dancing and it's like, dancing like, it's multi-layered like different sections mm-hmm. um so tanger's got three floors uh they've i mean prana there that's i think prana's in st pete though but even still like clubbing is like going out different djs different floors different people you see and then bars are just that they're just bars mm-hmm. so if you go into somewhere where it's a single level and it's you know they have a single bar or double bar or whatever the room is mm-hmm. And that's what it is. And that's what most of the Tampa nightlife is. It's just bar hopping. Mm-hmm. Um, now, these like bars have done a smart thing, and they have big open spaces so they could accommodate more people. But it's just they're not clubs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you want to go clubbing, go to Tangra, Prana, make your way down to St. Pete. Uh, downtown St. Pete's fun. Uh, not a lot of clubs there. There are some. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just hard to find, and they're usually not that packed. Yeah, I was going to say, I have, I've been downtown St. Pete. There's never been like – It's it's mo- it's kind of like going bars. to downtown – uh, Tampa or Soho, it's it's mostly bar hopping. So yeah, and then like I said, I'm in up to UCF. UCF's got probably a much bigger club lo- like life than. I mean, not really, like because we have uh, like downtown Orlando. It's a lot of bars, and there's like two like kind of clubs. Honestly, the best like dancing club I've ever been to was like uh, it's the Knights Library, which is like one of the freshman bars. But that's been like the only time where it's just like loud music, big sort of like dance area where it's just like people moshing and like just fucking going crazy that's the only place pretty much in all of orlando where i've had that experience like maybe you know edc or whatever the fuck but like going downtown orlando you're gonna go to bar you're not even gonna go to like maybe even like modern kind of bars like some of these are like you know this is sort of an old sports bar kind of place where it's like this is like a lot of 50 year old dudes are hanging out here like it's not really a place where the young people go you know right um, yeah, no, but it's going to be the same everywhere you go. I mean, I'm a, I've been up to BC, and it's the same as, like, Tampa. It's like they have those college spot bars, and that's just how college is. And what, you know, when you're a freshman, sophomore, you figure out there are limited places that you can go to where you can actually get a drink mm-hmm. um, until you turn 21. Yeah. And then that kind of opens up things for you a little bit. But then you start getting into that older crowd. You have people that, you know, you start going out less and less because you're trying to get your career started. But, yeah. Well, that's the, like there's definitely a transition of like because because at UCF you go to the the freshman bars. It used to be there was pub. Now it's that closed down, but now it's like bounce house, 
the lib library and then guilt on like Thursdays and those where it's like they'll let you in when you're 18 you know the bouncers don't really give a shit about your ID and like you go in your buddies mm-hmm. like you drinks kind of shit and then once you're 21 then you start going downtown yeah. that's when you go well and then I mean you'd probably notice too even the bars that aren't as strict on that what they'll do is they'll do an under over cover Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. usually it's like over 21, 10 bucks, and then under 20, 25. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, that's just the cost you're going to have to suck up, especially if you want to talk to chicks or if you're in a fraternity, sorority, whatever. Yeah. You're going to have to eat that charge just to go have fun. Yeah. And it, it gets expensive. I mean, yeah, that's one of the nice things about Orlando is a lot of, uh, a lot of the clubs have no cover. And so you yeah, just, see, like, Tampa just covers around. everywhere. That's the uh, problem. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, yeah, I fucking Yeah, so that. when we went to New Year's, like, they actually, the cover wasn't that expensive, but um yeah that's that's normal is every bar now like after i want to say six or seven o'clock is when they start having a cover Mm -hmm. because they know that's when all the college students come out and that's how they make money because people are dumb enough to pay that yeah and i mean i've been there like i'm dumb enough to do it because that's where all my friends are going so it's like you're already eating a 20 dollars minimum charge when you go to soho and then it's like plus how much for drinks yeah plus how much for drinks so yeah going out and partying it's expensive so that's why i always i always worked because i had to Mm -hmm. because if i wanted to do all this dumb shit on the weekends with my friends like i needed the cash flow to do it yeah 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 you gotta burn it because it's like you know like 100 bucks a night is not even like a surprise you know that's like a no but you try to avoid it as much as possible so like soho was nice um like when i finally turned 21 started going to soho uh mcdinn's did a happy hour from seven to nine so you just get blitz there (laughs) And then you'd save as much money as you can, because it was twenty dollars to get in. But then you make that worth, you make worth the twenty dollars. And well, that see, that's the advantage like, of being a like decent looking six seven white boy. <laughs> as you go to the ch- girl bartenders, and they're, you're, I'm the first person they look at. So it's just like <laughs> bing, 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 drink after drink. See, that's uh, they used to have certain deals like uh, at pub. It was you go at a certain hour, and then it's just free drinks till midnight. And it's like, okay, they're shitty drinks, but like they're free, you know. Yeah. You just and they under—that's what you, you got to figure out—is they underpour. So I mean, don't get blitzed quickly, but you got to figure out the right pace of where you can get the amount of alcohol you need to make it worth it. But then stay like you know functioning, so you can go party somewhere else. Yeah. I'm. Oh, the pace pacing is definitely something. All right, let's. I got. I'm about to piss myself. I'll, right. I'll, okay, we'll take a little break, and then then we'll come back to it. All right, we're back. Yeah. Okay. So that works. I had to take a nice little squirt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lovely bathrooms here at USF. Good no, the bathrooms are goaded, at least in the library. Oh, brand spanking. Brand oh, yeah. spanking. Brand new. Um, but yeah, pacing. Pacing's definitely like, I did not, like, freshman year, pacing was not. Oh, no. Like, when you're a dumb no freshman, idea. dude, you don't understand that. Oh, I remember. You like, want to just go, 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 go. I, there was one time we were going to go out to this club, and um, the guy was like, hey, you know, like, I, I want whiskey. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like, you know, I'm 18, I can't get shit. And so I called up this one guy. He had a fake ID. He goes and he picks up like two fifths of whiskey for us. And he was like, I only want the one. And so I'm like, well, I got this whiskey. I got me. Like, let's do it. And so I drink like half of this bottle before we even leave. And like, I'm like, I shoved it in my pants trying to get into the club. And so like, we're walking up, they're patting people down. I'm like, oh, fuck. And I'm starting to feel it a little bit. Like I already mouthed off to one of the brothers, like before we even got on the bus, um, so I pull it out and I just try and chug as much as I can. I get down, you know, like three quarters and I, and then I just like set the bottle on the ground and we go inside and I probably got like maybe 30 minutes of that experience in the club and then gone, gone. <laughs> like there's no more Eric, there's no more. And I wake up and I'm in the bathroom and I'm like, and I'm like looking around and there's a guy like sitting there, babysitting me on a chair and I'm like, what's going on? He's just like, just drink this water. I'm like, 
what are you talking about? Like, I'm doing fine. I don't know what's going on. And that's about all I remember from that night. And then the next day, they're like, dude, like, you were bad. I was like, I don't even know what happened. Like, what? Yeah, I had a pretty bad reputation when I first got into my fraternity of if I blacked out, you were getting two types of jakes. You were either going to get this really fun, like, charismatic dude who's your best friend, mm-hmm. love to hang out with, or you just got an absolute dick <laughs> and it was it was never an in-between man and it was like a coin flip it was 50 50 yeah bro i mean like because i mean i mean it, i don't know what your strat was but mine was pound as much as fast oh, as possible yeah, dude are you kidding me like when i first got access to all that stuff i was like i'm getting hammered yeah but then i get hammered too quick and it's like it's over yeah yeah you don't remember anything no. it's just like it's not fun and but. it's just it was a liability too man it's just like it's stuff you don't want to deal with i mean do you have like a, a process like before you go out you're like all right i'm gonna eat it this time i'm gonna i'm gonna do this many drinks uh like, just always eat a decently sized meal before you go out mm-hmm. regardless of what it is something that's a little bit heavier on the carb side so like usually i'll do as basic as it sounds is like chicken and rice mm. and then like a vegetable or something just vegetables or something just eat something mm-hmm. get something like a full meal in your stomach don't eat like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and expect to be fine no, i had quiche and that was one of the worst nights don't eat a fucking uh, quiche <laughs> yeah eat something that's definitely easy on the stomach especially if you know like it's gonna be a long night because mm. um, dude pulling trig can either be a really great thing depending on the situation pulling trig yeah throwing up Oh, yeah. Tactical. You got to take a tactical reload. Oh, is that what? They- <laughs> yeah. So it, it could be either a really great thing or it's a really, really bad thing. Depending oh, yeah. It on, can reset your night. Yeah. Well, especially like with most bars, like if you throw up anywhere in the bar, you're getting out. You're getting kicked out. Yeah. Um, if you somehow make it to the toilet and then there's not like a bathroom attendant there, mm-hmm. you could maybe get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is most bathroom attendants are told now if they're throwing up, they got to go get a bouncer and you're getting kicked out. Yeah. So and then. It's just try it. You gotta you gotta pace yourself. And if you're gonna throw up, best thing to do, if it's an outdoor area bar, go outside, find a bush, <laughs> or go behind a porta potty, yeah. just, or go in the porta potty. Yeah, you just be sneaky about yeah, it. Be- you have you have to because sometimes, dude, like I've thrown up, I've had to. I'm like, I gotta do this, and so I'll like go and I'll shove my hand down my mouth, go bleh. <laughs> like I feel like shit. I need to get this out. Yeah, I mean that's definitely like because I've had it was like the beginning of the night. I'm like, what? Like, why am I throwing up? And like I'll, I'll take a shot. I was like, this went down wrong. Like my stomach's fucking mad. Happened during New Year's, man. Like Ooh. when we got back to the townhouse, I was like, I feel like shit. Oh, you threw up then? Yeah, just in the sink. Cause, Cause I, knew. I I was like, I oh, feel like shit. Yeah, yeah, I heard about. Cause uh, I know our buddy, one of our buddies outside. Like he, you know, he instantly started throwing up. It's like, oh, yeah, it's gonna be a long that night was for a, you. That was a long night for him, oh. dude. That night was weird. I, did I almost get in a fight? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, you yeah, did. Okay. I just I had to step in and save you from getting into a, a holy war with this dude. I don't know what I was talking about with this guy. I don't even remember. I'm not even gonna bring it up yeah, on your podcast. Okay, okay. but I had to step in, and what the dumbest thing was is. I mean, I step up, and this guy tries to be all buddy-buddy with me. He's like, hey, man, you know, you're a pretty cool guy. I don't want any trouble. I'm like, dude, you're trying to fuck up my friend. Get out of here. <laughs> like, literally, just get out of here. Yeah, I'm lucky that I have, like, you guys there. Yeah, like, no, and then the, the real hero of the night was uh, the one who ordered the Uber and got us out oh of there. Oh, my goodness, dude, yeah. Dude, because his – I was talking with him before, and just – I mean, he was having a rough night. I'll leave it at that, mm-hmm. just because of situation that was happening. Mm-hmm. And then – I don't know what happened, but I guess I blacked out for like 10 or 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and I gave like this random chick my phone. 
Oh really? Yeah. And I mean, like, you were talking to some some weird girls. Right? Yeah. Like, one of those girls, I was like, "Don't talk to me." Like I saw, yeah. her, I was like, "Uh uh-uh, uh." This. <laughs> I just did it because uh, I was trying to help out our mutual friend because his he was having issues with you know his stuff. So I was like, "All right, cool. I'll talk with them." Because I saw you you were spitting game to some other girls elsewhere. It was just name drop but whatever mm. uh he was doing his own thing he he like fell off the face of the earth oh dude like, he was trash <laughs> he was, trash. He was so He's trash like, yeah i think i went to the other bar because i got kicked out and like yeah dude getting bounced that's one of the worst fucking feelings yeah no like, he didn't go to the other uh, bar no he, he was again the entire night no he said he went like because he said he got kicked out and then like a cop was like stay right here so he's like I zoomed out of there. Like I was like, nope. I don't think so. I think he was in McDidn's because I saw him most of the night. Okay, I mean, because I, I if remember. If he did, like, it was probably for a very brief, like. Well, time it was. Period. It was at the end of the night, and I remember, like, I kept getting handed drinks, and I was like, "Is there's no way this is water?" Because you, no. you were telling me earlier, like, vodka and soda water. It's like the secret, and I was like, "Okay." Like, no, just vodka water because you stay or you water, water. Yeah, you okay. just you don't get drunk as quickly. But like, I'm drinking, and I was like, "There's this no, is not like, water." It tastes like shit. <laughs> um. But like I, I did like two laps, and I'm like I'm pretty smacked. Not if you at this saw, point. I was trying to go to the really hot bartender because she overboard for me every time. Oh really? Yeah. See, man, I gotta get on that. Gotta get friendly with them. I think like if you tip more, like you'll also. Oh get no, that I was tipping really well that night. Oh, okay, okay. I spent a buttload of money on I, you guys. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, because we walked in, and you bought drinks. I was like, all right, okay. You yeah, get I the brought first drinks rocks. and shots. Oh, man, and that yeah, again, that kind of money that that's a lot of fucking money, dude. It's, it is what it is, dude. Like I said, I'm in a situation where, like, if, you know, I'm going to spend some money on my friends, I'm more than happy to do so. I mean, that is one of the best things. Like, if you can have people and you're just like, here, like, just mm-hmm. have it, have fun, yeah. like, just enjoy yourself. Like, it's worth more than the money. Like, right. It's just, yeah. Like, I think so I spent probably money. around, I want to say, like, $350 a oh night. Oh, my God. Hold, yeah, that's man. painful, bro. Nah, I had, I had, a, I had a blast. That was awesome. Uh, I mean, yeah, that was that was an amazing night. That was so fucking fun. Did I tell you? I didn't tell you this. So I, I told uh, the one who was having the problems about this. So remember those like the the people that uh, our mutual friend brought in from his school. Mm-hmm. So that one girl, like the the Indian girl. Yeah. So yeah. it was so funny. I come up to her. I'm hammered at this point, <laughs> and I'm talking to that white kid that was with him, mm-hmm. which. You know, he was all right. Yeah, he's a chill dude. He was a chill dude. I, I walk up to him I'm like, dude, your friend is really hot. And, and he goes like, he goes like, yeah. And then she looks at me. She's like, what did you say? She just got so pissed at me for no reason. I'm like, oh, I just told him you're really beautiful. And she just got so mad. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Like, what do you want me to say? You're ugly as shit. Like, what do you want? Yeah, yeah. No, she definitely seemed like it's some of those like feistier types. I think like just not really dog looking for a fight. You know? No, dude. I was just I said that and I left. I'm like I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> That's a weird thing that like you know maybe you could have turned that around. Like I've uh, I didn't want to just because of like yeah. who she was friends with. Yeah. And that dude, I'm not gonna lie though, that group was like. Eh. I mean a bit esoteric or yeah. like looks wise like yeah yeah, yeah. but well, um well it wasn't that it was just uh they they had their own thing going on and i wasn't gonna like step in and try to like no uh, come into that something's so. is like yeah you have your group you yeah have you, their group. they were you doing come. their own thing that entire time they weren't talking to anybody else yeah. so i was like i'm just gonna leave it at that yeah so i stepped away and then that's when you know everything kind of went downhill with you know our buddy but no it was a fun night and then i i know 
<laughs> we were we were getting shoot out at the time of the night we came back. Oh yeah, yeah. well because I mean yeah, our, our you know I didn't think guy. we were out that late. Were I thought you know because I thought we left we closed at two I assume so yeah. like no I closed figured, at three. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. I yeah time was not a fact. I was just like oh I guess we're getting kicked out now. Yeah. Uh, and then bad. we got back from the Uber, which the, you know shout out homeboy for like because he ordered it and then he sent us home which is like yeah because he was he was on the phone with somebody and um, he wasn't gonna fit in the uber anyway yeah no Uh, that uber was full no yeah but uh ah man see like getting back from one of those things like that's when you just gotta like wipe out because like i was soldiering on i was like oh let's go get yeah i I helped clean up some of the throw up and then i went to bed I remember our one buddy is puking, and it was so stupid because like we're like trying to help him out, me and two of uh, you know two of the other people, and like I think at one point like each of us got throw up on our hands, yeah. and it wasn't even like dude, we didn't I throw up into to. my shirt. Oh, because oh. I had an extra shirt, and I'm like, dude, just throw up in this, just, throw up. just not on the floor. <laughs> that reminds me of another time our other buddy like it was New Year's. It was New Year's freshman year, oh, and yeah. like apparently, like you were about to yak, and he just put his hand in front of your oh, mouth, yeah. and yeah. you threw up into it. It's like, what are you saving at that point? Like, yeah, you know? no, I was messed up that New Year's. That was really bad. That was a good time. Yeah, I definitely got fucked up. Yeah, you smoked fifty of my cigars. I kept soldiering on. That's that's my that's one of the things. If sometimes you got to call it an end of a night. For me, it's like... Dude, you smelled so bad. It'll be 4 a.m. and I'll just be like, I gotta keep going, man. I gotta keep going. And it's like, just go to bed, dude. Just go to bed. Yeah, no, I was finished. <laughs> but yeah, getting back to the college party life, definitely try to experience as much of it as you can um, if you're able to. Because not everybody's gonna want to do that. No, there's plenty of people who are like, that doesn't interest me at all. Right. You know? But I would... It's definitely, I would say, one of the easiest ways to meet different people. Um, unless you're, like, super into, like, clubs and organizations on campus, which I never really got into. Um, but, yeah, definitely going out, just having a good time. Definitely try to find the balance, if you can, between the school life and the party life. Otherwise, it gets really hard really it difficult. Seems, yeah, it'll take over your life. If you like. It gets really hard really fast. <laughs> Cause that like fucks with your sleep schedule, doesn't it? Like you're going out every yeah. Because if you go out every week, then you try to go to class the next day. It's just, it's not worth it, man. <laughs> like looking back on it now, like just going out on those Tuesdays or Wednesdays or Thursday nights and having class like an eight a.m. or nine a.m. the next oh, day, yeah. especially if you had a test one of those days. Oh my god! No, like, <laughs> like it's the worst idea. I'm not supposed to go out on those nights. No, but it, was, I mean, it yeah. was the worst idea. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, do you have any uh, do you have any final remarks for the people? I think that's a good way to um, have fun, stay strong, get wasted, get bitches. <laughs> All right, fuck yeah. Uh, well, this has been tea time. What eleven uh, with Jake? Um, <laughs> yeah, it was good on. to be on. Thanks yeah. for having me on. Hopefully, we do another one of these sometime soon. Yeah, I'd love to have you back on, dude. This was fun. <laughs> Definitely a lot more juice we could get into if you want to do like. A super like nitty gritty like oh. party life stuff. This is like kind of scratch the surface and oh, like yeah. all the different types of shit you can and probably shouldn't get into. I'm I yeah I think I and the people need to know. Okay, but yeah, this was fun, man. <laughs> but yeah, all right, well, uh, bye, peace.